Welcome to episode 32 of the Benzo Rehab Dungeon. I am your host, Michael Debs. Uh, it is February 26, 2021. Uh, I wasn't just looking at a clock. I uh, saw something off uh, screen. Um, <laughs> I am joined, as always, by the uh, the affable gentleman, uh, Dink Deleuze, uh, or Danko Suvin, rather, from the Instagram uh, account, at Dink Deleuze uh Danko, how you doing today buddy boy howdy you know today i'm not feeling as much uh what's the word you always use for me amiable uh affable affable uh, uh, i don't uh, feel like either one of those things okay well, i feel gregarious Ooh. yeah yeah how are you feeling um you know everything exhausts me and uh yeah i'm doing okay though I don't feel gregarious anymore. Now I'm also tired. (laughs) (laughs) Just bring it match your energy puts it out into the, uh, yeah. Hey, so I've got something that'll, that'll maybe pep us up a little bit. Um, all right. We're, we're going to have a kind of initial talk on, on what processes and how process affects us. Um, I've got some initial thoughts because this is kind of something that I've been uh, going through in my, my readings and also interpretations of, uh, what's going on in the world around us and everything. Um, and then you, of course, uh, specialize in this kind of thing because uh, uh, I think we made a meme pretty early on that was uh, the the three Chad heads and yep. yeah yeah um, with the with good old Brad was, yeah with with Brad Danzens who we will have back on the show um, maybe even next week sometime I'll have to talk to him about that uh, and then also uh, a follow up from from last episode uh, the gentleman who. Uh, is my friend that's going to join as a producer. Um, I checked in with him, uh, and he didn't get back to me for like a week. And I was starting to become kind of concerned for him. And then Because uh, he's a Texan. Yeah, because he is in Texas and uh, was, was affected by the blackouts and also uh, a, a pipe burst in his apartment. So uh, he's, he's dead now. He's able to uh, he's able to live in his apartment again, and he's kind of just cleaning things up. And uh, tomorrow or Sunday or something like that, uh, We'll be working through how to how to run uh, everything remotely uh, for for this production, so I'm pretty excited about that. Oh um, yeah, we're big boys. We yeah, the uh, the meme the meme with Brad Danzens uh, was, yeah. was 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 the three Chad heads, uh, and then uh, I think mine said nothing exists underneath it. Brad said, uh, "What only only monkeys exist, or something like that." <laughs> so <it's>, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then yours was uh, only processes exist, which is probably the the more uh, the more realistic statement out of the three. I I am kind Honestly. of a nihilist in some ways, so it, my my statement wasn't unfair. I think you actually made the meme, and I posted it. I did. Yeah. 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 I. Uh... I made the meme and I had to uh, make you out to be a nihilist. Yeah, well, uh, that's fair. Because it's I'm fair. not a good friend. Sometimes, you know. Um, that is fair. I've actually been thinking about revisiting Derrida because he's one of the few I've actually read quite a lot of. Um, just to see how well, I still feel about that. 
that's interesting because he he's like i mean he's a deconstructivist which which yeah, i could totally not, see you being yeah he's he's not but, quite a nihilist and you know technically i'm not really a nihilist either even though i right i do have that tendency to like eventually kind of just like none of this shit matters bro right, right, right. that's like a coping mechanism not my actual belief set you know yeah, well, I that's that's uh, that's a meme that I made a while ago that got very very little love because people have terrible taste. Uh, <laughs> but it was uh, it was just a, like a black pill floating in hell, and it just said cope on it uh, because this nihilism, pessimism, eco pessimism stuff, and everything is a is a big bundle of cope, friends. Fair enough. Um, yeah. So, anyways, I got something that might pep us up a little bit. Uh, C- oh, okay, yeah, CPAC yeah. is uh, going on. I think maybe yesterday was the first day of CPAC, mm. um, but already it's Love producing it. you know this wonderful just like gold content because um, Republicans you'll you'll remember uh, when they had their last uh, when they had the the Republican National Convention. Um, what was it? I, I guess it would have been twenty. Yeah, I think it was 2019, maybe 2020, but it was about the election, obviously. Um, and uh, they the best they... is yet <laughs> to come. Oh yeah, it was that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they uh they didn't have a, uh, so it was 2020. Um, obviously, time dilation is just horrible right now. So it's fucked. Know, it's so bad. Everything's gonna blend it into one. Um, you remember you... September of last year? <laughs> I do actually. I don't I, know if I do anymore. <laughs> the reason I remember it is because in the September time frame, I was making arguments about how Biden wasn't a harm reduction candidate. And uh, I just revisited those text messages now because of things we'll talk about later. <laughs> right. But uh, yeah, I, I, I have like pockets of like very distinct memories because I was kind of making some hot takes that people didn't agree with at the time. And uh, I don't care if I'm right or wrong, but. <laughs> i was right <laughs> oh man it, that sucks doesn't it mm-hmm. isn't it isn't it awful being right when yeah you're no, I, in I, this world i posted on facebook earlier that i much would have preferred to be like paranoid delusional uh right and and rather like be wrong about all this um but anyway yeah cpac it's uh back to cpac well really go quickly ahead, yeah. before go you ahead, sorry <laughs> um no, uh, just uh, one one of the things that I, I run into a lot is uh, talking to people that have that do have real conspiratorial kind of like cue thinking and stuff, and always just wanting to shake them and say, no, 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 I understand why you think this, but it's it's so much worse. <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> oh yeah, you know it, it goes back to the thing that that I always talk about, which is you know the the uh, conspiracy through um, ineptitude or or. Uh... Mm. what's not 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 ineptitude that's not the word i use it's a uh, conspiracy through um incompetence, uh, incompetency incompetence, yeah. yeah 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 um which is but, mostly what we live under and then they're like the little bit of competency that does exist doesn't exist to like serve you and then it just right feeds back into that loop of uh incompetency um, yeah which, it's like oh of course there's a pedophile cabal uh yeah. and they don't know what they're doing no they just they're, don't they're, they're horrible at keeping their secret that's why there's a cabal because if, if they were good at keeping secrets they wouldn't have anybody else and as a part of this pedophile it would just right. be one pedophile not a bunch of them 
obviously there's some point where they're all like hey uh you know like um uh, i don't i don't remember what the uh, the restroom etiquette is where you like tap your foot underneath the stall next to you to like offer a blowjob or whatever hell yeah um, and and i don't remember that etiquette just because it's been a long time since like i've gone anywhere um. yeah yeah i mean it's <laughs> how are you supposed to remember i remember uh the poppers that's the only part yeah yeah um, yeah. So, you know, it's like if, if they were good at keeping their secret, uh, the cabals wouldn't exist in the first place because nobody would uh, would have found out this about each other. Um, yeah. So anyways, <clears throat> CPAC. Yes, CPAC. CPAC. <laughs> uh, so the RNC didn't have a, uh, a platform last uh, last year. And the platform was basically we defer to the wisdom of Donald J. Trump in running our country. That, that was like <laughs> almost essentially word for word what they wrote down as their platform for that year. It, it absolutely is. But when you were saying it, I, I did like an autocomplete of, of, your, of, of, of your phrase. And I could have sworn that you were about to call Donald Trump a wizard. <laughs> um, we, we defer to the wizard. <laughs> I mean, he uh, <laughs> wizards a rank in the KKK, right? Hey, uh, that's very good. It's well done. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, wizards. CPAC. <laughs> yeah. CPAC Ivory obviously Tower. has no ideology to like run off of anymore because, um, you know, the the conservative Republican side of politics is basically just a cult of Trump now, and there's a couple of people yeah. who are performatively or like aesthetically kind of pushing back against it, like. Um, uh Mitt Romney uh is is mm. one that's like no I'm not a I'm not a Trump guy I think he's corrupting the party and it's like bro no this, this is the party it's so cute yeah um, and and like what what does he actually like functionally do to push back against Trump nothing um, no but anyways CPAC uh is obviously you know it's it's being held in a hotel and the hotel has you know its own individual rights and so you know they're they're having issues with uh people not wearing masks and the discourse that they have to have in order to get their their people to wear masks is just some of the like funniest mental gymnastics I've ever fucking seen. So we're going to oh, watch this amazing. video to kind of pep us up, get us in the mood for uh, <laughs> a little bit of uh, discussion <clears throat> on process. Mm. And, uh, it has nothing to do with process. I just think it was fucking hilarious. So this is, uh, this, do is it. this is CPAC. I'm so ready. I believe in property rights. Oh, sorry, it's quiet. Man, we need a producer. Yeah. If you if you're interested in, in becoming the producer of our show and you're also <laughs> named John, uh, give us a call. Where's the? I, I feel like it's something with the volume mic. No. All right. Well, hopefully this just ends up louder. And we believe in the rule of law, so we need to comply with the, the laws of this county that we're in. Um, but a private hotel, just like your house, gets to set its own rules. Harley. I can't hear shit. You can't hear it? Okay. I mean, okay. I can kind of hear it, but it's very quiet. I know there's another link, so I'll, I'll grab that real quick. We're all right. Um, please, uh, please go ahead and fill this dead air. Um, yeah, sorry, <laughs> sorry. I, I, so I, I think also in addition to the, the process talk, um, we're going to do a very, very uh, short uh a Q and A section at the end, right? Yeah, we are, we are, uh, and uh, I have some answer some horrible questions. Yeah, I have some news on that uh, as well. Yeah, that's uh, good. And we, uh, 
I, I think we made a mistake with that, or I made a mistake where I offered up the shitty love line uh, segment. And so most of them are about that. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 yeah. I, I think that, that was a much more natural conversation point for some people, I think, which is okay. Yeah. It's like, I don't want to ask you about take, politics because uh, I've take, already sorted it take out. Take relationship Please advice from two people who ruin all their relationships. That's, that's, that's my favorite thing to do. I'm, uh, yeah. Yeah. Right. I think, I think this is a good one. <laughs> Let's do it. It looks like a good one. And it's not loading, of course. There was some yeah, COVID well. denialism going on at the CPAC uh, this year, Jake. At oh, one point, the organizers concerned. urged the audience to remember to put on their masks uh, because they did that. But we also believe in, and I know this might sound like a little bit of a downer, but we also believe in property rights. And this is a private hotel. And we believe in the rule of law, so we need to comply with the, the laws of this county that we're in. Um, but a private hotel, just like your house, gets to set its own rules. Carly, our CPAC director. Well, as Dan mentioned, we are in a private facility um, and we do want to be respectful of the um, ordinances that they have as their private property. So please, everyone, when you're in the ballroom, when you're seated, you should still be wearing a mask. So if everybody can go ahead, work on that. I know, I, I know it's, it's not the most fun. You, you have the right. <laughs> you have the right so to good. set the own rules in your own house, and we're borrowing somebody else's house. So we need to comply with their rules. So thank you all for putting on your masks. I wear a mask when I'm in the halls, and we're going to comply with their rules. Thank you, everyone. Have a good thank conference. You. Isn't that so, great? <laughs> yeah. The, 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 also, I, I thought when I first saw the image, I thought that woman was a child. Yeah, uh, she, she looks very but, young, which probably explains her ideology at this point. I also right, but, very, very much enjoy how the much, much older man uh, handed the, the bad news off to her. Like, he mm. set it up and he's like, all right, you're going to have to do the thing everybody hates now. <laughs> Please. Please, they uh, think you're cute. Yeah. Um, but the, I, I have a beautiful, beautiful image in my head of, of you know, like if, if I were to turn this into a movie yeah. and I was given a little bit of creative license, okay. uh, I would absolutely have this, <laughs> in a world. Uh, I would absolutely have this scene include um, them, everyone as they enter into the ballroom being forced to take off their shoes <laughs> and and then having like men walk around the room to everyone that's seated who is already wearing a mask and putting like a second and maybe a third on their face yeah and just i i love it so much yeah. i think that's our uh, just, freedoms <laughs> <laughs> just gingerly applying extra masks so <laughs> uh i mean things things to uh consider is if you have uh if you have time and or money or energy to go to CPAC, uh, you're probably a rich <laughs> oh, asshole. Um, mm. Yeah. Nobody I know nope. takes vacations to go to fucking CPAC. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking of going to Davos next year, though. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Cool. Yeah. Man. <laughs> it's, it's very much my I'll kind see of you thing. There. You can uh, listen to uh, Greta Thunberg uh, uh, talk, I guess, again. <sighs> yeah. Oh, that'll have be everybody good. Everybody just kind of lower their heads while they. Uh, continue to ignore anything she says which i'm not saying like greta thunberg right. is a uh you know perfect speaker on the subject or anything but uh 
just no. funny to me. Funny to me. I mean, yeah. she's well, no, it's very funny. Um, but she she's a fantastic example of uh of something that I uh like maybe the most depressing thing about politics, and there's a lot of depressing things. No. Uh, but this is this is it. This is the most depressing thing for me. Okay, <laughs> are you ready? Are you ready? So even if Thunberg, and especially kind of if Thunberg said uh, like things that I 99% agreed with and was like in, almost entirely right, um, it would still get co-opted immediately by the Clintons and by, I don't know, fucking people like Mitt Romney or whatever uh, on different different types of speakers. But like the, the, the more correct you are and the better point you have, the more likely that it's going to have no effect, uh, especially if the average person is able to listen to you. Like if you're not aggressive about it, uh, then just every upper middle class white family is going to be like, oh, I fucking love that. And that's why we need to vote in Obama again. (laughs) And (laughs) and the other thing that happens is, you know, this is kind of like what what Robin DiAngelo's book was, which was (laughs) self-flagellation. And as long as, yeah, you know, yeah. do that penitive, penitive act of uh, uh, self-flagellation, uh, then, then that's good enough. Yeah. So the, the I mean, that's... vultures at Davos pull out this little girl who makes them all feel bad for everything that they're doing. And, yeah. you know, they did that. So, you know, hey, we've, we've paid the, uh, the penitive price for, for, uh, for what we, we've been doing and we can go right. back to business. It's, it's confession it... for, for the co- corporate world. Exactly. And it's so creepy, but the confession thing, that's, that's a, a, excuse me, it's a really big thing for Foucault and, and something that I've been talking to a, a couple of friends about a lot recently, like, especially when it comes to like social media, but how uh, the way that disciplinary societies function, which disciplinary and control society, people have argument about like what and where we are and, and whatnot. It doesn't matter for this. But, but uh, disciplinary societies more or less function through people uh, uh, constantly confessing to their wrongs yeah. mm-hmm. um, as like part of their identification with themselves uh, and with the world around them. And so there's literally just this weird fetishistic uh, confession mechanism that exists to stop things from getting better. <laughs> and it's, that's, the, that's the one that makes me gives me the real sads buddy <laughs> just the, the, if you if you do good it's going to be used for some fucking jack off to well to check off to it all right well cool i'm glad we already got jacking <laughs> off as a reference in this uh this episode um i can't talk about confession without bringing it up one one thing that i was going to bring up um uh, one of my favorite games that i played maybe last year was uh, was heart? called blasphemous Oh, uh, and there's a lot of interesting subtext about uh, how penance works, and you you literally play a character called the Penitent One. Um, so. is, is this the one with the guy with the spiky hat? Yes, the cone head. Yeah. Okay. It's yeah. Got a really really, really cool, cool yeah. like Gothic Spanish, uh, uh, Catholic aesthetic to it. Um, yeah, yeah. Like the art is you wonderful, like... and and it's it's a pretty interesting story. Um, and and for those of you that don't care about things and their aesthetics and the intellectual stuff behind it uh it's a cool game because the man fills a big spiky hat full of blood yeah. and pours it on his head yes that's also cool which is pretty cool <laughs> that's, fucking, that's metal as shit dude <laughs> there's a big old cone full of the blood for the for the for the head shower with the blood blood head cone <clears throat> okay and then uh before we move 
Well, I mean, this this kind of ties into the uh, the the process thing. Um, yeah. And this is everything does a a bad omen for for things to come politically. I think. Mm, okay. Um, and this is uh, Enrique Tario, who is the leader of the Proud Boys, um, possible FBI informant, which is funny. I was about to say, and an arc. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I will reiterate, as I have reiterated several times. Um, uh, don't work with the fucking FBI. <laughs> don't, That's a don't good believe, rule of thumb. Don't believe what the FBI tells you uh, because the FBI will gladly work with someone like Enrique Tario and then uh, just let him go. Uh, they they yep. haven't, you know, done anything to stop him. Uh, but they'll, they'll also gladly uh, uh, kill Fred Hampton and possibly right. uh, have a conspiracy to uh, uh, kill... Um, malcolm x uh that's that's something that's come out recently is uh mm. i i you know when which when surprised it, everyone yeah when when that came out i was like i thought we all just kind of fucking knew that like him <laughs> and uh mlk like they were all killed basically well, because the fbi wanted it to happen um you know there's a rigorous debate about whether or not the <laughs> fbi or cia killed yeah uh, <laughs> right yeah that's that's like what the everyone. distinction comes down to is like okay which horrifying intelligence apparatus tried to kill the uh, the leaders right. of you know the black panthers of the rights movement uh, yeah why is this i'm i am amazed by I, I, who who in the world expects that you can give weapons and clandestine power to a group of people and have that be a good do a good thing ever how can you ever expect that know, to man. do a good thing the brain rot that we saw when when trump came into office is everybody thought that okay we have these structures and these structures are going to stop him um, right because you know you've got uh comey on the case and then you've got uh who was the other guy uh, Robert. Oh, uh, 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 God damn it! If you didn't just say his name, Mueller. Mueller, yeah, Mueller. Yeah. And you had people selling selling cups like Mueller's on it. Don't worry. And right, right. Like just all sorts of like fucking absolute. And and you know, I'll I'll also bring up the Cuomo sexual stuff again. Oh yeah, that's also stuff that just and and like the the weird Cuomo sexual just of... means you pierce your nipples, right? <laughs> We we have the weird fetishization of all these like these these structural leaders. Uh, Fauci is another one, and it's like, yeah, he's doing good work, but he also was why you know we didn't wear masks initially because right he made the internal decision that hey we're gonna run out of masks, so we won't tell the general population to wear masks initially, or we'll we'll downplay that. And we'll we'll make sure that all the medical professionals get masks, which makes sense in a certain kind of like utilitarian sort of, <laughs> sort of thinking. But you know, uh, it seems to at first, and then it you seems to at first like do numbers and then, in and your then head. You think about the second and third order effects of of that kind of thinking, and you know, ultimately that was a bad call. Um, but you know, yeah, we, we have weird fetishizations of these people who have really done just a piss poor job and don't serve you in any way whatsoever yeah it's friendly reminder to everyone that everyone you have ever met 
everyone that you will ever meet and everyone that has ever existed is, and I mean this, dumb. They're dumb. Yeah. We're dumb. People are dumb. I'm not even this dumb. <laughs> People are stupid. <laughs> what, oh, are you going to say it? No, I was going to say it. I'm dumb what, and what? stupid. I'm, not, I'm dumb trying really stupid. hard to remove the R word from yeah. my lexicon. I, I misheard you again because my brain is full of wizards and stuff now. Oh, okay. uh, so, <laughs> but I thought you said, I'm not, ju- I'm not just dumb. I'm man stupid, which was a very <laughs> funny feminist thing for you to say. Yeah. Honestly, misandry hours all day, every day. Um, not even for feminism, just because I hate men. Yeah. Wow. That's very woke of you, Dorian. Yeah. It's woke of me to want to <laughs> genocide myself and everyone like me. Because yeah, I know this what is we the, think. Uh, the penitive act that, uh, that you're committing in order to keep on being a man. Yeah. You're flogging it's, um, yourself, and now you'll just continue, continue being a man. If you really really wanted to you know adhere to this ideology of yours you would i mean no that's genuine this is genuinely um a part of of uh let me psychoanalyze myself in an uncomfortable way really quickly uh my loathing towards men uh and italians uh (laughs) (laughs) both of these arise through the fact that if i so long as i perform those acts of loathing um, I will be allowed to perform all of the weird sex stuff that I like. Yeah. Towards Italians. and Which focuses heavily on feet, I will mention. Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> I was... <laughs> I, mean, I, almost I would made, never be friends with a foot person. I almost made a, w- a worse joke. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I wouldn't either. You can't trust those people. No, they got something wrong. Something... something... Yeah definitely wrong with them all right i'm gonna finish pouring this drink real quick this is why somebody else needs to yeah. have the controls man. as you're as as he's finishing pouring that drink i will remind everyone though about the the fun thing that's been on my mind a lot because in the in the workshop which i promise it's not a pitch but we this is why it's on my mind no, no, we, no, we're talking about Bataille a lot good um but uh and just just the the notion that uh um any sufficiently intimate act uh would be repulsive in the wrong context yeah. Uh, so, which is why I have my furry inflation suit, and why <laughs> um, why it's ultimately okay if you like feet. I'm not into feet. It's just in order to be aroused, there has to be some kind of repulsion, and so that's mm. why I require feet as a part of the sexual act. <laughs> Spit in my mouth. I am a doggy man. Yeah. Cool. All right. Um, so, <laughs> uh, speaking yeah. of whatever that was, uh, <laughs> I should put out job applications now. Good. Yeah. This is uh, this is Enrique Tario uh, talking about uh, uh, his plan. He looks very feminine. Uh, sorry, he's uh, looking good. He's more in the uh, the foreground as a blur in this uh, this still, but uh, we'll we'll watch. Oh. Damn those people! Yeah. Can you say that right now? Okay, I can't say that because I think "dem" is a, a very strong word, and I think it's a little bit too strong. He thinks the FBI is trying to make an example of the Proud Boys, but Tario also has a history with the FBI after being sentenced to federal prison for fraud in 2012. Were you ever an informant for the FBI? I was. <clears throat> to put it simply, um, I was put in a very tough situation where the federal government um, had wanted me to testify against my brothers. 
He said he refused. And instead, his defense attorney said Tario cooperated with the FBI and other law enforcement on many cases, one involving prescription drugs, another a marijuana raid, an illegal gambling bust, and more. But Tario would only admit to cooperating on one case. The only thing that I actually gave uh, them was the human trafficking ring. And again, I'm not going to apologize for it. What is next for the Proud Boys and the country? Tario has already made a plan. I think right now is the time to uh, go ahead and, and overthrow the government by becoming the new government and running for office. <laughs> so welcome All right, to well, guys, we, uh, we're, we, we, finally, we finally made it. We're... Uh, we we've we've injected the proud boys into electoralism um well no that was already a thing for uh but but i the thing that i find the most fun about that is his like his weird pat on his own back yeah about about the human trafficking thing where it's the just only like thing i gave him was the human trafficking ring and i won't apologize for that yeah. like, because somebody was no asking fucking... you to apologize for that right which by the way that's that is as much of an asshole as he is uh, a good rhetorical flourish yeah <laughs> well done well done you this thing is a thing. Um, i i helped the fbi with the uh, the turning babies into paste ring <laughs> and yeah. i won't apologize for that yeah. you know when uh you're you're gonna talk to my you're gonna to talk to my ex because she's gonna come over to pick up some of some of her things. And you know, right. she's gonna say a lot of things about me. Okay, she's gonna say a lot of nasty things, but but none of it is true, except I will I will admit that I do have um a monster dong, <laughs> a monster. and I will not, I will not apologize for that, sir. I won't do it. I won't apologize for my veiny nine and a half inch. <laughs> Coke can <laughs> Cocaine. Uh, hell yeah. It's Monster no, it, Dong it's... with with two <laughs> very, very generously uh, shaped uh balls slapping around. Generously shaped, thing. not not sized. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you never want to have like big, big, big balls, you know, like they they have yeah. to be proportional be... in some way. And if they're like too big, then they just oh, make yeah. the whole thing look smaller, you know exactly yeah if they hang beneath it's that's like the worst combination you gotta, of things you, gotta, you could have is is giant balls and a small penis you know that's true all genital things that's true um so let's let's go ahead and uh, get to process out of that <laughs> uh so all right there's the the uh the senate i refuse to apologize for that yeah no we we shouldn't um I, I think that 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 was that was good that was good uh theorizing on the, the male genitalia mm -hmm. um so as a lot of people are finding out or reading the news uh there's there exists this thing called the parliamentarian and the uh the parliamentarian is a supposedly non-partisan uh basically rules referee sort of thing uh, that's that's what they they often refer to the parliamentarian as the referee for for the uh, the Congress. Um, and the parliamentarian basically figures out whether or not something can apply to the legislative process 
or whether or not uh, or what what rules you know kind of dictate what can be done through legislature and what can't be done through legislature um the parliamentarian is something that people always forget about because normally the parliamentarian doesn't really play a role except for and and you know the other thing is that this is an unelected position um this is just kind of an appointment and so you know mm. i'm sure that's nonpartisan all the time because nobody just gets appointed to things with with yeah uh, yeah with pure intent no <laughs> we we haven't uh, been talking for the last like four years about uh, how great appointments are mm. yeah so the parliamentarian decided that the $15 minimum wage, uh, which would have been phased in over four years uh, as part of the, uh, the COVID relief bill, um, the parliamentarian decided that that's not applicable to the reconciliation process. And the reconciliation process is basically whether or not something will affect the, the, uh, the U.S. budget. Um, and so somehow a bunch of people making more money per hour, thus returning more tax dollars to the state. Apparently that's not a part of the U S budget. So on its face, this is already like a suspicious kind of, uh, judgment to make. And then the second thing is mm -hmm. that, you know, the parliamentarian has decided this can't be a part of the bill. And what you would what you would expect is if, you know, the, the Democrats wanted to uh, go through with this uh, part of the process is to also uh, overrule the parliamentarian. The parliamentarian can be overruled. That's that's part of this whole process. Right. Um, however, mm -hmm. because we have very smart people who understand the processes, uh, the adults in the room, so to speak, you know, because we had Trump and Trump didn't know how to make all these gears turn. Uh, well, now we have people yeah. that know how to not make the gears turn when it's uh, very convenient for them to not make the gears turn. And, you know, part of the uh, <clears throat> um, part of the uh, process is that the vice president can overrule the parliamentarians uh, uh, ruling on something. <clears throat> so let's see. Let's let's read through this. This news article. Um, da, 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 da. Oh, so Jen Psaki, who is uh, just as bad as any press secretary that uh, Trump had, uh, because these are paid liars. Um, let's see. Uh, President Biden is disappointed in this outcome as he proposed having the $15 minimum wage as a part of the American Rescue Plan. Uh, he respects the parliamentarian's decision and the Senate's process. He will work with leaders in Congress to determine the best path forward because no one in this country should work full time and live in poverty, Saki wrote. He urges Congress to move, for, uh, to move quickly to pass the American Rescue Plan, which includes $1,400 rescue checks for most Americans, funding to get this virus under control, aid to get our schools reopened, and desperately needed help for the people who have been hit hardest hit by this crisis, she added. Uh, McDonough's ruling could possibly be overruled by Vice, Vice President Kamala Harris, but it's unclear if Harris will do, show, do so. If she doesn't, Democrats will have to introduce a minimum wage hike as its own standalone Senate bill. Rulings by the parliamentarian are advisory, advisory, <laughs> though the Vice uh -huh. President can overrule the parliamentarian's advice. It Look. exists in this process that the parliamentarian can be fucking ignored. Uh -huh. It is not 
a a uh, decision it is purely advisory uh secondly um <laughs> you know uh, uh he respects the parliamentarian's de- decision and the senate's process well the process literally says that you know this can be ignored and so this this idea that they're respecting the process but also not like expanding on what the process already has laid out in it is yeah. completely disingenuous you can stab my wife to death so long as you say please. Right. Yeah. As long as you get it's consent, like, I guess. Or... <laughs> yeah. I know that technically that's not, you know, that's not part of the, the bigger, the bigger rules say that you can't do it or that I can technically, you know, make you not kill my wife. But, but the, you know, this, the general, my general understanding of process is that if you do ask and you say, please, we can make some exceptions. And uh, <laughs> so good. Also, like that, the reconciliation bit, like, I, I think, I think the most times that I got worried messages uh, sent to us was when I went off on that, uh, that screaming tangent about how uh, people don't understand how fucking taxes work. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, this is making me have a flashback. Mm. Uh, and it drives me up the wall. Yeah, because I didn't study math guys it's, <laughs> it's <how. laughs> when you when you have bigger numbers and the bigger numbers have to do something they have to move if you have if you have a big bucket and then the bucket it's it it, it, it leaks because there's more stuff in it than it's able to hold it's actually a small bucket with a lot of water in it if you pour more water into the tiny bucket it pours into the other spaces if you didn't know is this, have, uh, is this trickle those... down economics if, well it's <laughs> trickle down economics but it but it works see the, here's the difference here's the key difference no i know i i know you know but uh the the, the key difference between things that make sense and things that don't uh in in this instance is that trickle down economics says if you take a fucking swimming pool and you put it on top of your house and you keep pouring bottles of wine into it mm-hmm. that eventually it'll get so full uh, that it will pour out onto the street. Uh, but uh, for obvious reasons, that doesn't happen uh, because it's a fucking swimming pool. Um, but then if you if you if you want to to to, to give it to people that have higher costs per ratio higher costs to the amount of money that they're able to hold on to or make if, if you give them more money if you if you pour it into the smaller bucket the smaller bucket overfills faster and then it pours everywhere and apparently this is a world where we want to pour wine on things yeah uh, into streets and stuff i mean pour but, it straight into my mouth um, that's a small bucket yeah but yeah it's crazy to think that a small bucket is less likely to by a nature the, the physical reality of things hold on to the shit that you give it than a fucking swimming pool is yeah no I, 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 yeah bad metaphor but i'm dr- losing my mind about this and how obvious it is it be, and it's like what, what's there there's there there's that ter- terry pratchett quote uh about how um uh how if if you if you're rich 
you buy one pair of really nice boots and they last you the rest of your life. And if you're poor, you have to buy shit boots. And so you're spending more money on boots because you buy them every six months, right? And, and it's the same idea where, yeah, give the guy that will buy more boots more money <laughs> if you want them to spend more. Very, very basic principle. I'm, I'm actually surprised Extremely that you basic. brought up uh, Pratchett. I didn't know that you read theory. <laughs> Pratchett is a uh, is a uh, fantasy author actually but uh, very smartly yeah, written a, books that that, that yeah. probably have more meaning than people give them credit for yeah um, no they're 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 very bright from the very little that I've read of it uh, but um, yeah no, I, I've only read thing, a couple of but... them as, as like a teenager uh, but they were very yeah I read like good omens but I also don't yeah. like Neil Gaiman very much sorry guys I don't like Neil Gaiman fair I enough like I don't like him um, so this this article continues. It is rare for a vice president to use this authority. However, the most recent incident of a vice president. So this sets up a precedent that this has happened before, essentially. Uh, the most recent incident of a vice president overruling the Senate parliamentarian is is was in 1975. This is Newsweek mm -hmm. is, is was is was Newsweek. Come on uh 1975 is, is, is was Newsweek or is or is is no, no, no. I'm I'm reading this. No, I know. I'm just yeah, being no. <laughs> <laughs> in 1975 when uh, Nelson Rockefeller, vice president under President Gerald Ford, ignored then parliamentarian Floyd Riddick's advice about procedure to change rules governing the filibuster. Um, so basically, they maintained the filibuster through this uh, because the uh, parliamentarian at the time said, hey, we should probably get rid of the filibuster. It uh, doesn't work and hurts democracy and uh who would have guessed that uh gerald ford ignored that advice uh through his vice president uh to maintain the power structure that makes sure americans never get good things hell yeah um i mean have you had good things before because they're yeah, yeah. I, I actually have had good things here and there and uh i kind of like them um, so, you know, the, the yeah. process, the process we've established is that the parliamentarian can be overruled. It's a part of the process that the parliamentarian can be overruled because the, the parliamentarian is acknowledged to be a completely advisory role. Uh, however, White House Chief of Staff Ron Klain said the administration would not try to overrule the Senate parliamentarian if she decides an increase in the minimum wage must be stripped from a coronavirus relief package. Certainly, that's not something we would do. We're going to honor the rules of the Senate and work within that system to get this bill passed. Just in case you were wondering where any of these people sit on this uh, thing, I know that the... Uh, boss queen Kamala Harris has said several times queen. that we need to have a, a $15 minimum wage. Um, that's something that she ran on. I think Austin. Like, She's I, in I, fact, I think said it so long that, uh, that we now need a higher wage. Yes. Uh, let's just go ahead and. My fingers are working today. Well done. Um, you know, oh, yeah. the, the, uh, we, the... we need fifteen dollars. Um, Kamala Harris herself says, or maybe not. I don't know. I know she ran on it. Yeah. It was part of her platform. Whatever. Yeah. Um, I remember I'm not uh, try to I... dig this up. 
Right. I, I lived I lived out in the Bay when she was uh, politicianing over there. Um, and uh, I remember that <laughs> she was like politicking. Yeah, politicking. Sorry. Um, but uh, I, I do remember that she was at least like nominally in favor of like union efforts uh, and, and things like that. And so I'm pretty sure she would have said that she wanted a $15 minimum yeah, wage. That's another uh, whether thing or not is, it means anything. You know, um, she was she was in favor of unions until her uh, what is it brother-in-law mm-hmm. that that runs the uh, the Uber. I thought it was your husband or something. No, but no, yeah, no, it's, right. It's her brother-in-law. brother-in-law that runs like the the Uber Eats like corporate uh, law wing yeah. or whatever. Yeah, he's one of their lawyers. Um, obviously, uh, so. <laughs> You know, something well, that we could get in into uh, one of the next couple of episodes is Prop 22 is already devastating uh, yeah. the the worker economy here. Mike, Mike, though, you have to understand that's not anti-union because contractors generally don't unionize. Mike, if they were employees, it would be anti-union. Uh, but <laughs> I, I've got this this pen in my hand and I've been like mm. nervously fidgeting your with eye. it because all this stuff like makes me fucking angry. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that uh, that disingenuous uh, line of reasoning you just gave me is actually like something I've seen, and it just is it really? Yeah, dude, that's amazing. I'm, we're we're living in a life is a, a time period where yes, anything that we could pot, and, and I feel bad for anybody who got in a satire, you know, like writing <laughs> a couple of years ago because we've we've reached the right. point where anything that could be considered satire is just the earnest opinion of somebody else, right. Um, and you know this was recognized early on uh, with uh, you know things like Poe's Law. Um, mm. Without the use of like specific emojis, nobody can know whether or not your opinion on the internet is is like your real earnest opinion. Or... Right. The uh, the 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 uh, I think the the precise uh, description of Poe's Law is is that as uh, as points of view extremize they become more difficult to uh, yeah, tell dis- from to, parody yeah to discern from parody right yeah, yeah. but i think somewhere um, in there was the argument that like you have to use certain emojis in order to like when when i right i mean that's the logic in the end is is that as as a point of view extremizes which happens on the internet because it's right. you know the internet um eventually your language will no longer be able to like uh, make these clarifications about whether or not you are the parody that's being made of you whether or not you're a, st- a straw man and yeah. so yeah you got to do like tongue face yeah tongue face or like slash s for sarcasm i've um, seen that in the wild and i'm baffled by it uh it's it's a it's a holdover from the uh the the forum days right back when forums are really big which you know maybe just as a casual aside is is there any forum-related news uh, in, in the, the Benzo Rehab Dungeon sphere? Well, sir. Um, kind of putting you on the spot here, so I apologize I, for that. But Yeah, I, I mean, you're putting me on the spot, and it makes it so that I'm a little, I'm a little not sure how I want to do this, because this is ultimately going to be a forum that is through the workshop. Uh, yeah, so right. I'm not sure how, like, paywalls and stuff are going to work. But... Um, as, uh, That's why I said Benzo well, Rehab Dungeon Sphere, not not necessarily. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but but what 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 I'm doing right now through through the workshop is uh, I am building up a forum so that I'm able to uh, host asynchronous courses, um, and uh, and one of these uh, courses or kind of general uh, spheres of of stuff that we're going to be talking about will be of course politics, 
which uh, I uh, I do believe a friend of mine, uh, Michelle Debs, I think is <laughs> is his name, uh, has uh, has volunteered to essentially admin uh, and and control that that sector, or at least make it a nightmare for people, which I think yeah, is what yeah. admins do. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say um, I'm I'm not a good uh, uh, leader. <laughs> I've I've. I have admined uh, groups with you before, and it is uh, neither of us are good at it because we both like fucking with people so much. Yeah. Uh, but no matter what I just said, it's that's all lies because this forum is going to be fantastic yeah. and it's going to be very well run. Yeah, we sold it uh, really good there. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's yeah. going to be run by uh, by two narcissistic Goblins. assholes who <laughs> <laughs> who uh, don't have any respect for other people. Um, but uh, I, I I would I would like to so there's also going to be a Discord and uh, and I may try to make it so that there's like uh, essentially like a free space for like you know people in general to kind of hang out and stuff yeah, yeah, and then take good. the courses elsewhere yeah. but uh but yeah yeah more information as that develops cool so just so you guys uh you know are aware uh the listener uh, i don't know why i said you guys we only have you one of that. um so yeah you know if you had any hope that uh the the process of the you know what what the parliamentarian does um would eventuate in you know the overruling of the parliamentarian which can happen uh, you know and and i've seen some pretty sad things about this um mm. you know i i watched the majority report and it was like just yesterday or maybe the day before you know sam cedar bless his heart love the guy i think he does great work but you know he was talking about how um you know because there were there were rumors about like whether or not the parliamentarian would allow this to be part of the bill, and Sam Cedar's point was like, okay, there's no way the Democratic Party is going to be like, oh well, the parliamentarian said, and now we're just going to give up on it. And he was yep. like, that would be such a political mistake. And then like, of course, today which he means has they're going to gonna do like, it. Oh fuck! They, <laughs> they did the thing that I thought would be boneheaded, and you know, a point that I've wanted to make for a while, and I didn't quite have the, I guess. Uh, you know, when you when you make points like this, you need to have something to point to exactly, right. not just like a feeling that you have inside of you. Um, you know, Democrats haven't had full control of the legislative, uh, you know, pipeline, you know, from like making a bill to passing a bill to getting it signed off by a Democratic president. They haven't had that pipeline for, you know, a, a hot minute. And now they have yeah. that pipeline. And the point that I wanted to make is that anybody who believes the democratic party you know like i see it all the time where people say like "Ugh, why isn't the democratic party doing x this would be like a huge win for them blah 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 anything you believe in that respect is a projection that you've made on the democratic party as an institution that wants to help you and not the democratic party's actual goal which is to thread the needle between their donor class and then their their elective capability which is you know to say that they've got a bunch of very moneyed interests that they need to satisfy and they, right. they had to make negotiations <laughs> with these moneyed interests like okay if you want us to get elected we have to make everybody believe that we're going to do you know a 15 dollar minimum wage and right. what ends up happening is they always have to thread this needle where they're like only a certain amount of them you know and and you know we, we not not to say that they're like masterminds at doing this because it's very obvious if you like take any kind of cursory glance at, at how this kind of stuff works 
um they they do these things like like $15 minimum wage we're going to do it we're going to pass it and then they always rely on a process to not fail right. to work in the way that they want the process to work and so what's happened here is we've had this this $15 minimum wage that everybody's all pumped up on and you know let's let's not fool ourselves in in what this was you know a $15 minimum wage is was necessary 10 20 years ago um this was still going to be a phased in uh increase to $15 over 4 years over 4 years so it's not like tomorrow you're working at whatever company and now their minimum wage is $15. It was going to be like maybe $11 and then like 11.75 and working its way up to $15. So this was like a complete, you know, the, the $15 minimum wage isn't enough to begin with. And it no, wasn't going it to should be, be, as I've said before, around 24, 25 bucks 24, 25 based to, on the to productivity. keep it stable. Yes. Based on the productivity and the inflation uh, that, that the U.S. has gone through over the last, I don't know, what, that, that started in like the, what, the 50s, 60 years. Yeah. The last 60, 70 years. Um, <clears throat> so what the democratic party always does is they rely on some sort of process to in the public eye fail, but really what it is, is it's working for them. And so you have the parliamentarian failing. uh, Hmm. And I, and I think that this was, you know, kind of the plan from the beginning. Um, And again, not, not to make these out to be masterminds or anything like that, but it's just, no, when, when you put some, and this is the argument that I made about Joe Biden was that, Trump didn't know how to operate the machine. Biden does know how to operate the machine. Yeah. And, and he's been involved with the machine for like 40 fucking years. So he's not a fucking genius for knowing how the machine works. He's had four right. decades to figure out how the machine works. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, to, to, to rewind a little bit, because I, I feel like this is maybe important, but people, um, uh, I don't think I know anyone that disagrees about moneyed interests like affecting politicians. I'm pretty sure that's something that no matter who you are, you have fucking sorted that out. Uh, but I think it's it's useful to consider the fact that it's it's not even just like pack money or or kind of uh, direct pressures or anything like that, but that the majority of these politicians are you know because they're focusing on uh, being reelected, um, and like I said, beyond reelection campaigns or anything, what 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 their primary focus is, I would say maybe seven out of ten times, is how they can assist money and commerce um, in in the the, the cities or or states uh, or counties or whatever that they control, and. And so their decisions are always ultimately going to be, and this is true of, you know, fucking Bernie Sanders too, yep. this is true of everyone in different ways and to varying degrees, but still, no matter what, to a pretty severe degree, no matter who you are, in making sure that companies uh, are, are still uh, draining people to death uh, in your city because people need to have jobs and jobs innately do that, <laughs> right? Um, and... And so it's it's just it's 
it's a parasite, but it's a parasite that we end up viewing as being like the, the, the best thing in the world. Uh, and so like, of course, they're going to make stupid choices that are ultimately harmful to workers and harmful to everyone uh, because of the fact that they uh, will lose their reelections if they don't bring in that new factory uh, and that factory wants to eat babies. So you need to give it some babies. <laughs> you just need to do it. Um, this adrenochrome don't make itself. Right. Right. <laughs> and so like it, it, even if you're the biggest optimist in the world, uh, and even if we're talking about the most ideal, uh, you know, senator or whatnot, who's uh, or governor, or anything, uh, who's dealing with, oh, well, I want to bring in a new union shop uh, for a, 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 I don't know, what's what's an innocent kind of factory is if they exist uh, for a I don't know, baby bottle factory, uh, even though that's hydrocarbons and a nightmare. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. We, but, we probably look to like the, the weed industry or, or even we, right. we could, we can in some cases look to like green energy, which is being captured by certain people. And, um, I mean, green energy is a nightmare with this stuff too, for yeah. sure. Uh, yeah, like, like I said, every job the, is every it's, everything. It's is got that like that heavy metals and stuff. Well, yeah, there's that, but there's but there's also like the idea that it's it's a it's a good thing. I, I believe green energy is ultimately a good thing, mm. but when you have it captured by a certain group of people, yeah, it's not going to serve you in the ways that it should serve you. No, no, no. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but uh, but yeah, e even even if you have like this guy who wants to have uh, unionized baby bottle factory workers uh, come into this new town and provide you know a hundred new jobs, he's still ultimately uh, uh, you know beholden to the influences of capital right. because because you have to be to some degree unless you want to be absolutely revolutionary in which case you're not in electoral politics um or you're a fascist you're just doing something else fascist. but that's not it's been a little really while since we said the f word on this uh, this podcast i feel like yeah and one more thing about the the f word is that um <laughs> um is is the it, it matters less and less, I guess, uh, this specific point, but but it, it will apply to other people and does apply to other people. But when people talk about, um, you know, well, you know who I'm talking about here, but when people talk <laughs> talk about anyone and says, well, they're, they're not a fascist because they don't believe in anything. They don't have an ideology. Oh, it's okay, like, sure. <laughs> you fucking idiots. That's what fascism is like that's ultimately what it is 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 it's an amorphous thing that it's a process it is a thing that happens yeah. it's not a stable ideology uh -huh. it's dumbfounding to me like drunk drivers don't try to kill people with cars no, but they're it still is, it is a process but, of <laughs> but it's a thing that they do right so they're drunk drivers <laughs> um you know they're it's infuriating i don't care if you hate jews or not if you are a fascist that does fascist things it, it you could love everyone uh well, there, in, there your, are, in your heart uh, of hearts you know there are jewish jewish fascists yes absolutely there's maybe maybe Netanyahu, this would be crazy perhaps. but yeah, I was just going to say that we could perform a thought experiment where there's a, maybe even like a fascist state that's uh, Jewish. 
be weird if that were the case. But 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 it's possible in a theoretical sense. Oh, fuck, we're gonna get taken down now, man. <laughs> I hope so. We, we treaded into it. uh to territories we're not supposed to go into. Yeah, we we should divest from that. Um, so that that kind of leads me into my my kind of initial thoughts into exploring process. Yes. And um. Yes. I don't know. Maybe you can change my mind on this, but I was thinking about uh, reading some of the texts that that I sent you the other the other night when I was talking about this with you. Um, yeah, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah that so, works. And, and and keep in mind, um, uh, listener, um, this this is you know messages that I'm sending to a, a close personal friend of mine as I'm working through some thoughts. So if I got something wrong, uh, go ahead yeah. and hang me, I guess, over it. But uh, you know, and I'll 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 read along with you so that I can bleep whatever you say the N word because you do that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just give me give me a warning before I'm about to say the N word. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. There was there was that uh, series of ten N words I sent you. That's uh, how you woke me up. Actually, I could tell what you were texting yeah. me. I was just like, "Oh well, man!" Ever since, I have ever a since sense. I decided we didn't want to talk about Jimmy Dore ever again, I can't send you the "I love you" and I hope we never have to talk about Jimmy Dore texts again. Right. Uh, I had to send you a completely <laughs> different type of messages and. You know, I looked through I looked through the dictionary at random words and I landed on the N word and I was like, ah, I guess I got to send that now because this is just a process that I had. The process yeah. was that, you know, I rolled uh, a couple of die to see what page I would land on in the dictionary and then what. Uh... And, and now in order to say hello, he just repeats <laughs> over and over again. Nuggets, 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 nuggets. Um, that uh, yeah, I just picked the first word with an N in my head, and that's actually way too close for that joke. Yeah, that's uh, right. <laughs> it's uncomfortably close. Um, uh, NASCAR. Uh, but uh, but one really quick thing because I I think it's maybe a really uh, concise way of describing my general feelings, which I I think ultimately you agree with when it comes to process and everything, is that the difference between people who function off of ideology and people who function off of process. People who function off of ideology have a certain view about what things should be or how to do them, right? Yeah. But people who are obsessed with process function off of what uh, what is called the great chain of being, and they don't know it. Uh, but these are all Petersonite type people, mm -hmm. ultimately, whether whether they know it or not. Um, technocrats, uh, uh, hierarchists, right? Uh, where the great chain of being is this uh, concept in like. Uh, not early Christianity, but uh, but it's not exactly modern, um, which it, which which essentially says that in the in the cosmos and the order of things, there's a chain that connects everything from the very top, being God, down to the very bottom, uh, which is I don't know rocks, um, and everything in between has its place, and without things being in their place and staying in their place, things fall apart. And people who believe in process. Uh, above everything else, people who are just, you know, that these these uh, pathologically polite uh, 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 technocrats are essentially just saying, well, things are the way that they are because they should be. And then they talk about changing them. Yeah. Uh, and of course they can't because they will never because change things because the their ideology affirms yeah. the process. Yeah, it's it's we will find a way to make this chain more just, uh, but everyone stay in your positions until we figure that out. Um, and I said that would be concise, 
but then I realized I had to explain everything that I was saying. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's a great chain of being versus thinking that things can be either horizontalized or uh, changed in some way. Yes, That's it. I agree. That's it. Okay. All right. So um, again, these, these are text messages that I sent while, while kind of figuring this out in my head. Uh, but this is the first one is uh, pretty sure this is please, Deleuze. Please. <laughs> I'm sorry. I won't do that again. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really don't say the N-word as much as uh, people might think I do based yeah, off of conversations we just had four minutes ago. Uh, <laughs> uh, pretty sure this is Deleuze adjacent thinking. I haven't gotten too far into anti-Oedipus, but I think there's a certain ethics into slowing processes, especially in cases like the process of a takeover of private of private corporations over public infrastructure or just the basic concept of capital capture or like i brought up how being incompetent at running the u.s death machine has a net benefit and then i said well maybe a bit zizekian and now i'm kind of seeing it everywhere that i've had that thought uh, i watched a video of a guy being interrogated by police for theft and he threw them a total curveball by refusing to affirm that he understood his rights they couldn't proceed with the process, and it literally became just a stalemate of asking him over and over whether or not he understood. And eventually he looked at one of them and said the cop looked like a prick, which made me lol. <laughs> it still makes me lol. <laughs> um, and then we talked about uh, interrogation stuff for a couple of moments, and then uh, I continued. Which is, which is funny because apparently Mike and I both independently of one another uh, became started just watching a shit ton of uh, police interrogations that's yeah. what we're like now we just yeah. watch this on our time off yeah we we're, we're on weird uh parallel trajectories of of thoughts that are making us go insane there are periods lined up and everything <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're ovulating at the same time so. i'm so horny oh man um so i continued <laughs> uh, i think most process is an adversarial force I mean, certainly in the case of Democrats, which I've long been critical of for their adherence to process, any moderately beneficial thing they can do is stunted by procedural trappings. Um, you said a bunch of stuff. Oh, I'm not going to read your, your Some words. Some stupid shit. Uh, yeah. You, you agreed with me as far as I could tell. Yeah, I m more or less agreed with you. And I told you to read Benito Sereno by Melville, which everyone yes, should do. That was the thing do, that do, was it now. do it now, folks. Yeah. Oh, cool. Sorry. Um, I'll shut no, up. no, no, no. That's cool. Uh, beep, beep, beep. Let's see. And then I and then I uh, continued based off of what you were talking about. Yeah, I don't think there's a lot of worth in trying to dig into the minutia of the Trump versus Biden thing. Mm. Uh, I've also noted that part of the opti optimization of process has led to very lateral systems of accountability versus vertical ones. Like nobody is distinctly in charge of specific things anymore. There's a, always a secondary agency that can point to their own secondary vendor who can point to their own secondary consultant until you get put back at square one. And we both agree that that's got some good elements and bad elements to it. Um, yeah, that, that it's that it's interesting that that's um, it's like a bizarro form of pure bureaucratized bureaucratized anarchism. Yeah, that's you know, actually exactly like, what you said. Right. It's, it's, it's like horizontalized, but it's yeah. also innately not anarchic because it's a horizontalized hierarchy that sits above something to make nothing else ever work yeah, again. Yeah, it's, it's, if, if it was equal to the person engaging with it, it would be fine. But since it hovers above yeah. the person engaging with it, it's not fine. Right. Uh, and then I kind of my, my final thoughts were, yeah, I mean, 
I think the conclusions I'm reaching in this is the need for better doctrine of how processes should work. The motive of efficiency isn't human or planet friendly, and obviously all efficiencies return more capital, so the essential struggle comes down to not letting everything be melted into capital. Um, the the process, you know, to to tie this into the things that we've talked about, you know, we, we made jokes about, you know, the baby processing plant, the machine that, you know, is meant to turn babies into paste that can be consumed or whatever. And if that's and potentially the, into more babies, it's, you know, potentially, this whole, you know, if, if you, yeah. if you recombine enough reduce, ba- reuse, elements recycle. of baby, maybe mm-hmm. you can accidentally produce a baby. I don't know. Yeah. I haven't ground up enough babies to figure that out yet. <laughs> you got to grind up more. You got to figure it out. But when the, when the, when the process is, you know, to turn babies into paste, mm-hmm. uh, it doesn't Which we, help we to be. we refer to as basting. <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I don't, like paste, that, I don't like that image at all. Babies, baby basting. <laughs> Sorry, go on. <laughs> when 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 the process that you're overseeing is to turn babies into paste, uh, it's not an ethical thing to make that process more efficient. It's not an ethical thing to engage with that process in a way that it reaches the the outcome that it wants to reach. Um. And so, you know, what, what we're dealing with is processes that are necessarily meant to hold people down or outright harm them. And the Democratic Party refuses to break from these processes. And in fact, one of their major criticisms of Trump is that he didn't understand the process or he broke process. And this is not meant to be a a, uh, a pro-Trump argument by any stretch no. of imagination because... Trump had his own process that was equally harmful. Um, and his process was basically, how can I make the most money or how can I grift the most out of right. this? Um, but, you know, the, the the major establishment lashback to what he was doing was, you know, this breaks the process. He's not following, you know, the, you know, you, you saw like MSNBC when whenever Trump would actually engage with the process how he was supposed to, they'd be like, ah. He's finally presidential. This is his presidential moment. And that those were almost always moments where he did something like bone, I almost said bone and airstrip, (laughs) bomb and airstrip. My brain is ruined. Uh, No, yeah, no. And that's that's part of the point I'm going to make. Um, Mm. So I'll I'll shift a couple of links around here so that uh, uh, Biden um, bombed a bunch of uh, Iran-backed Syrian militia folks. Um, mm. it's retaliation for something i guess uh but... for like a, a contractor that died and by the way support your troops uh and not your contractors <laughs> uh no but uh uh yeah yeah and then like a soldier got wounded i think that was the limits of it um so like yeah so the <laughs> the process that we live under is a process that innately serves the act of killing people abroad yeah and this is one of one of the the messages that i dug up uh because because of this uh just kind of making the point that this is things that i talked about um and if you haven't listened to the the iran conflict speculation episode um that's one of the ones that i get a lot of good feedback on uh apparently we do a good job in that 
Uh, and, you know, we, we laid out in that episode how the the propaganda would work, the, the history of uh, aggressions between the U.S. and Iran, um, and then also, you know, what, what the propagandic method would be for, for making public consent for, for a hot war with Iran. Right. Um, which, which a really, really quick ahead. thing, yeah. um, just in addition to that episode, because I don't think we covered it, but uh, you know how Iran ended up first getting their, uh, their nuclear capabilities or the beginnings of them? I want to say, I want to say it was our fault, right? Yep. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, there was, there's a speech and then a program called Atoms for Peace, yep. which is how we gave, uh, we because gave Israel it was, it was uh, nuclear their energy, nuclear power right? plants and stuff. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and then of course, you know, the, the, uh, a while later, there was then the, you know, the, there was the revolution with the, the Shah um, in 79. Um, but um, that's, it's that's something uh, uh, the U.S. Uh, never seems to account for is uh, that that things may change or that like yeah. <laughs> what, what, we're what, doing, what we're doing has the potential to uh, slap us in the face. And I don't think right. it's, it's a bad thing at all for Iran to have nuclear capabilities. I think as no. long as you know any one country has nuclear capabilities every country needs to have them um yeah more or less the case i think and, and but or, or at least enough of them like it's 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 funny how some things i don't believe in like macrocosm that i do believe in microcosm and vice versa uh but it's just like yeah uh if if like iraq had wmds we would not have invaded <laughs> exactly no uh, no right? and, and that's um the the accidental like side effects of the mutually assured self-destruction yeah uh doctrine um is that when, when other people you know the the mad doctrine works as long as we're the only ones that have nukes uh and yeah, as, everybody has nukes it's like oh fuck maybe that's a bad doctrine yeah it's uh what is as soon as you end up giving everyone nukes uh it, it really complicates the whole mothers against drunk driving thing <laughs> different mad different mad we're, we're we're back to drunk driving again i don't know why i'm yeah. focused on this tonight we've been talking about that a lot is there anything you man wanna... never mind biden's gonna bring back booze cruising that's all i'm saying um so biden without uh without <laughs> any kind of parliamentarian discussion without the mm-hmm. parliamentary mm-hmm. itself which is congress uh, was able to make these these strikes in Syria happen, and you know what? Yeah, the that argument, seems constitutional. Yeah. So the <laughs> the, the argument that I'm making here is that uh, we have somebody who understands how the processes work, and how to manipulate the processes to achieve their goals, and the process innately does not favor helping you, making your life better giving you the the equitable treatment you deserve but it really really streamlines the process of being able to kill people uh, especially overseas sometimes yep. and and one of the arguments i made in the text messages that i brought up was that there is no harm reduction sort of candidate uh in the general election this was september so biden was already the nominee and it was Biden versus Trump at this point. And the argument I was making was there's no harm reduction candidate. There's there's a candidate who has turned the system on its head sort of in that the harm being done is being done internally. 
you know, you had, uh, you know, the, the federal response to the Black Lives Matter protests in the wake of the George Floyd death. Um, and these these are things that were initially approved under the the Obama era. Um, things like the the ability for. Um, fuck what was it was it ice that was that was sending like wasn't ice maybe it was that was, ice. That was what in, in portland when when you had ice agents show up right that was that was what it was right oh uh, well there was uh it was it was another it was another oh, it was border uh, patrol. branch entirely border it, patrol was it border patrol yeah border patrol was showing up in, in places like portland because portland is within so many miles of of the nearest border which is the pacific ocean mm. and so these are things that were <laughs> yeah these are things that were initially um, approved under the obama era and what you had was this internalized sort of sort of abuse where uh trump was still obviously maintaining the overseas uh uh the export of violence is what i called it when i was talking to this person so mm. Trump still had the export of violence, of course, but he also had the domestication of violence. And right. so what we're right. getting with Biden now is not necessarily a domestic version of the violence that the state perpetuates, but this exported violence. And he's going to be much better at running this exported violence campaign. Right. And also considering the fact that, you know, drone strikes did increase substantially under Trump. Um, also, and... also increased uh, from from the uh, the Bush era and the Obama era. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, is but something but that needs be, to be noted. But with with that with that increase being sub so substantial, it would only make sense that someone who uh, is a bit more hawkish and maybe has more complicated uh, views on geopolitics, uh, or at least surround himself with people with more complicated views um that there would they're only going to increase uh yeah. more and i i don't mean increase more as in like the number will go up from what it was last year but that the the increase itself will increase um right no 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 I'm, yeah. I'm, and another thing we're talking about is you know like the and these are numbers i'm pulling out of my ass right now so don't take mm. them as the actual figures um but you know the the bush administration is when drone strikes really started happening yeah. and then the obama administration increased those drone strikes by i want to say like 150 percent or something like that so like 1.5 times um are you looking it up right now yeah yeah okay, yeah cool, cool so we can get real numbers for this and then trump I, took i'm that... kidding i'm sending dick pics <laughs> oh okay oh yeah. you okay. got me again <laughs> that was your dick no yeah uh, <laughs> Uh, boringly enough i think you and i really only just talk about theory nowadays theory and yeah, how bad much. our lives are um, we're boring guys but then you That's know uh, so obama expanded that that program and then you know trump also expanded that program so we're we're working with like exponential figures now and i haven't seen anything that shows whether or not biden has like clamped down on this or reduced it in any way but now we're seeing already uh these these kind of high profile attacks that the administration is carrying out right right um i i can't find the numbers in such a way that my my poor brain can can put it all together but i will tell you 
that it goes from very small bar uh, with uh, Bush to very big bar uh, under Obama. The bar go very go very big, very high. Many people die from very big uh, line go up under Obama ban. Yeah, and which was the ball the the bar smaller under under Bushy boy. Bushy boy. Bushy boy. Um. So you know one one thing I would I would bring up out oh, of this, this yeah. is uh and this is uh this is from very reputable source the Huffington Post Huff uh, which, which I included in a meme I made re- recently <laughs> oh hell yeah hell yeah this <laughs> is the meme episode when, man what's that this is the meme episode this man is the meme episode I delayed us so I could make a meme we brought up memes with four times now yeah he literally made me wait like five minutes so he could uh, make a meme and post it before we started recording. That's very funny. Um, yes, it's the 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 alien yes queen meme. If you guys need to reference, yeah, Wayland um, Utani. It's uh, they're they're giving me those them bucks. Uh, so you know when when Obama increased the drone campaign, uh, nearly ninety percent of people killed in recent drone strikes were not the target. Uh, of course, so. of course. Why would they be the target? Yeah, no, it's, it's <laughs> is it because uh, they're the target. It's called collateral yeah. damage, sweaty. Um, oh, good video, by the way. Cool video. Cla- video collateral about? murder. That's that's oh, collateral a bad murder. Joke. Yes, was, yes. Very that's what sad. I, that's yeah. why I stole the background image of uh, the the Huffington Post meme I made. I, oh I, yeah. I don't think people really noticed it. Let me see if I can pull it up. Let me see this again. Yeah. Yeah. Just. just uh, this, is, this is great great radio yeah. right now it is it is uh anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll let you find it but uh god where where <laughs> even to go with this but yeah like yeah 90 percent the people that uh that they didn't intend to kill um but also keep in mind that that's uh still kind of part of the point because here we go here even we go. if you're <laughs> it's very good so, um, yeah if, if you're not uh if you're not looking at the background you probably won't notice it but uh that's that's uh footage from an ac-130 that was bombing people nice and the uh the the meme for people that are only listening is uh is a lady standing in front of this uh this uh this footage and says um okay sweaty you only know about civilian murder because of leaked information from the pentagon come back when you have a real source like huffpo yeah that's very good it's very so, good someone asked me why i chose huffington post they're like well there's like worse and i was like well i mean it's just like one of those like boss queen sort of uh yeah because ariana well, huffington like, is obviously a boss queen and done nothing wrong she's a boss queen slay 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 slay, slay um, literally slay <laughs> i love I, I love that like all of the things that we make fun of like uh liberal white women for being like uh all of this stuff was stolen from homosexual men absolutely yeah like just and black yeah african-americans and and homosexual men like it's all it's all stripped from them and then uh it's now being used weaponized against those those poor (laughs) poor poor white women women. Uh. (laughs) you know i saw i saw something the other day that was like championing the uh the original like uh suffragettes and Mm. how you know the and it was it was like this this discourse between a black woman and a white woman I was playing out on Twitter and, uh, you know, the black woman had made the point that the suffragettes like were extremely racist, which they were. Mm. Um, 
And the white one was like, shut up. The only reason you have any rights at all is because of the suffragettes. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, all of that's all bad. Like the, the things are bad. Several, several suffragettes like held up signs that said stuff like we would give up our voting rights if black women had voting rights. You right. Know? <laughs> well, I mean, you gotta, uh, I don't know. I, I don't have any jokes. <laughs> no, neither do I. I do have. The best. I do have another thing to bring up about process, though. Um, oh, I'm so excited! Is this going to hurt this again? Before, uh, uh-huh. this is this is on the subject of Obama, who we were just talking about. Um, and yes, you know, this, this is to recognize that a lot of people engaging with this process also understand what the process is doing, but either don't know how to stop it or mm. decide not to stop it. And, you know, when, when you discuss the morality between which one is worse, I don't care. Look, Um, I mean, Obama read theory. (laughs) He knows theory. He read theory so that he could try to fuck the, uh, what was it? The, uh, the ethereal bisexual, the ethereal bisexual down the hall from him or whatever. What a dumbass. (laughs) Again, I've already said it once before, but if, if you, if you run up to a sociology girl uh, and you're an undergrad, like you're both 18, you're studying sociology, and he ends up saying, and, and you bust out some fucking fanon, and it doesn't work for you, then you are such a fuck up, you can only become president. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's <laughs> amazing. That's good. Um, so this is, uh, this is <clears throat> a couple of months ago, back in 2020, uh, when, when Obama released his book, uh, A Promised Land. Um, great name uh, he has made a lot of promises yeah he did make a lot of promises like mm-hmm. land of milk and honey know. that was my favorite promise that was actually the promise that got uh, got me to vote for him yeah, that, <laughs> um, that that was like one of my like when i was early on and like my political understanding i was like okay he's gonna close down gitmo that's good yeah. and then by like i don't know the the fourth year that he was president and gitmo still wasn't shut down i was like Hey, fuck this guy. I don't like this right. guy. And that's when I started like really uh really looking into politics, I think. Um Yep. Yeah, it's it's similar. Like I I was I was big into politics uh when Bush was president, but it was still very much like No, actually I think I was more uh more right when when Bush was president about a lot of my <laughs> politics. Yeah, no, I, um, I was definitely more right wing <clears throat> when I was uh no, I meant right isn't correct. Oh, uh, oh but uh, but then Obama came around and for like for a short period of time, for a few years, I was I allowed myself to be at least uh, a little optimistic, if not like a little bit apathetic. You got the, the liberal uh, brain worms. I got I went Black to brunch. I, I'll admit great. it. I'll admit it. When Obama first became president and I was I don't know how old I was. Uh, uh, 18. No, literally 18, because I it yeah, was my I was first the say, first election. Probably be around the same time. Um, that, no. Because I remember Obama yeah. was the first president I voted for. Yeah, eighteen so to twenty. Yeah, I didn't I think, care. Like I went to brunch. Like a year it. or two older than you, I think. No, yeah. maybe a year. Yeah, I think you're one year. You're well, like less than a year. I think you're like six months uh, yeah, older yeah, than me or something. Yeah. Um, uh, but uh, but yeah, yeah. So from like eighteen to twenty, I was finally like, oh my god, thank God Bush is gone. Now I can finally uh, not fucking care about anything. Yeah. And wrong I was, friends. Well, I think we learn through experience are, yeah, here. I think a lot of people are realizing that now because I'm I'm seeing mm-hmm. even like the sort of nauseating like hardcore liberal friends that I have 
that are like yes rbg uh, and stuff like that um yeah like even they are like well wait why aren't the uh the internment camps closing down or <laughs> yeah i mean that that is that is maybe one good thing about uh the trump presidency is simply that you know there was such like a hawkish uh staring and gawking at the very least not changing anything not fixing anything no. but at least like a hawkish eyes literally put the on act of like that. nancy pelosi tearing up the state of the union address uh, right sort of stuff but 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 th th there was so much attention to uh like oh there are kids in cages and stuff like that that uh yeah you know the fact that that hasn't changed immediately and and, um, and we 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 still are seeing some people like uh you know jen saki the uh, hmm. the uh comms director yeah comms director um you know she she's <laughs> she's having to stand out in front of the reporters and be like okay well you know the the difference in these camps is that uh you know it's not kids in cages you know they've they've got little bunk beds or whatever like it's still kids in cages um if you're not That's aware crazy. why yeah. <clears throat> these uh these these camps are essentially no better than what trump was running uh, even if they've made like moderate changes to the living conditions, uh, many of these unaccompanied minors are coming across the border unaccompanied. Um, one, because they've been separated from the parents and two, because they have family that lives in this country and they were coming here to live with that family that lives in this country. So putting them in the camps is basically not allowing them to live with the families that love them and care about them that already live in this country or they've been separated from the parents and that's why they're unaccompanied at this point. And I'm sure in some rare instances, uh, these kids are being jailed because they don't have families, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Which, you know, I there's, mean, there's no possible orphans. way to like make a more, more equitable situation for them. Um, no, not at all. We, we um, can just set aside a couple of bucks to like put them up in a, in a decent living situation or like, I just, I thought of a good meme idea, um, and maybe someone else should do this for me, but uh, it'll probably exist by the time this is put up, yeah. but it's, uh, it's just a picture of like, uh, like a 1789 orphanage, uh, and, uh, but it has like a bunch of cages inside of it, and, <laughs> and it just says, oh no, uh, these aren't migrants, these are chimney sweeps. Or something like that. Um, maybe not worth making, put, but it's funny put to, me to now. work. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, shit. I had something else to say, uh, but memes memes took my brain. Oh no, yeah, uh, it's about another meme. This is really the meme <laughs> episode. Uh, but um, that's, that's going to be the description. Um, we just talk about memes for the meme episode. An hour and yeah. a half. <laughs> um, which, by the way, uh, I have another idea that I have to tack at, uh, to the, the end of this, but it's very brief. But um, uh, the, I think the best meme that I've seen in the last 24 hours was just like a cage. Uh, and it, it had one of those signs on the front of it that says, like, in this house, we believe <laughs> yeah, in science. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking awesome. It's so it's good so to good. have a president that <laughs> believes in science. <laughs> right. <laughs> But um, but I I would like to make a unilateral decision for the Benzo Rehab Dungeon. Okay. Okay. All right. So from now on, and I don't care what Mike says. Hey, wait. This is my he's... project, buddy. <laughs> yeah. It's it's in this fifty one forty nine project where Mike is absolutely the uh, controlling partner. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make I'm it the this primary choice. Primary shareholder. 
Yeah. Um, but um, we uh, we want you to send us memes mm -hmm. uh, because uh, because at least for the next uh, the next session, and I don't know if we'll stop doing this because we get bored of it or something. But for at least one session, we will do a meme review where we pick our favorite meme for the week. Yeah, no, I like that. I like that yeah. idea. Yeah, let's get. You're it. welcome. We're, we're we You're are welcome. born of memes, and we will we will determine whether <laughs> we will we and we will return to them. Yeah, we will return memes, memes to memes, dust to dust. <laughs> <laughs> um, so back to uh, back to the depressing shit about Obama. Oh yeah, back to kids in cages and shit. Um, yeah. so the the uh, the people who operate these processes are not unaware of the processes they're operating. Um, no. You know, it, this is maybe uh fuck what's what's the what's the rule um what's the rule where everything gets equated to hitler eventually oh uh godwin's law godwin's law right yeah uh this is maybe a little bit godwin's law e um but i think it kind of fits so you know the the idea that hey you know they're just doing their job sort of thing um so in his new book, A Promised Land, Obama reflected on the task of ordering such killings, stating that he took no joy in doing so. And this is literally a I'm just doing my job sort of argument. Yeah. And so, and on, I, I, I do want to point out the, the whole like this, the, the Godwin's Law thing and how everyone uh, you're not allowed to bring up Nazi Germany anymore, essentially, because right. of the fact that someone will be like, yeah, people always bring up Hitler eventually um, acting like acting like these these um what you're essentially saying by saying that you can't bring that up is that there was a, a period of time in the 20th century a fluke. uh in it a fluke exactly where the world was totally different and non-supervenient and does did not in any way flow into our current world and now things are totally different and yes. so how dare you compare it uh but what i'm really saying is everyone is hitler have you considered that everyone's hitler everyone's hitler literally uh, hitler so so the actual quote from from his book is uh, in mm. places like yemen and afghanistan pakistan and iraq the lives of millions of young men had been warped and stunted by desperation ignorance dreams of religious glory the violence of their surroundings or the schemes of older men they were dangerous these young men often deliberately and casually cruel Still, in the aggregate, at least I wanted to somehow save them, send, send them to school, give them a trade, drain them of the hate that had been filling their heads. And yet, the world that they were a part of and the machinery I commanded more often had me killing them instead, the former president added. At least he's right at the end there. He knows he's a uh, part of a process and he won't do anything to stop the process or alter the process. He is merely discharging the duties that he has in regards to that process. Yeah, there's there's a uh, there's a, a dog hospital uh, pretty close by. <laughs> we call them dog hospitals. A dog hospital. <laughs> I just made that up. <laughs> A dog hospital where where we uh, we we turn puppies into paste. Uh, no, but uh, uh, but the dog hospital that's worse that than babies. Have, <laughs> it is. Yeah, I hate it. I hate it when I'm watching a movie and a dog dies. It's so much worse than human beings because I'm a psychopath. Uh, who I I no, I'm an empath. Uh, sorry. Uh, I know. Oh, God, that's <laughs> aggravating. Okay, all right, back on track. So dog hospital. <laughs> So at the Doxpital, uh, there there are a lot of animals that, you know, had really, I mean, the reason they're in the hospital, 
the dog's bill, uh, by and large, is because they've been injured and they've had rough lives, right? And so when you have dogs that have had rough lives, uh, sometimes they'll like bite their owners and stuff. And yeah. so you need to like, you need to do something about that. You need to beat and the so, shit out of them until they learn their place. Well, we've tried that. We have. I'm just kidding. Uh, and and we, we're still trying. I, I own this dog's bill, by the way. Uh, but, um, or I'm a primary, I'm the, the primary share shareholder. Um, but, uh, but so we used to just beat them, uh, and like try to rehabilitate them through that. Uh, or like we tried to mix, uh, them up together into like little pockets that we thought would be like really convenient because like we know better than the dogs do. But anyway, none of that you worked very well. By color. So, <laughs> yeah, we arranged them by color, um, and, and just like arbitrary boundaries and stuff. And uh, but so what we started to try, and this is experimental, but trust me, I think it's going to work, is just um, uh, between 90 to 100 times a day, we just throw like a stick of dynamite into the hospital at random. Um, and you know what, I, I would love to put these dogs in a little doggy school. Yeah, I really would. And send that's them, my goal in the end, to, uh, is, is to it? put them in doggy school, yeah, doggy school. Uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, do- etiquette dual. training or whatever. What, what the fuck do rich no, people send? No, dogs I want to? them to be doctors. I want them to be oh, doctors and lawyers and stuff. And doctors. I want them to integrate uh, doctors. Uh, but uh, but in in my path towards giving these dogs better lives, I need to make sure that most of them don't have legs anymore. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, they're easier a... to make into baby paste that way. Honestly. I feel I feel like first off, this this dog hospital that you bring up might not mm-hmm. exist. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. Just, just on, on its face, I don't believe a lot of this story. Uh, yeah, secondly, keep, keep, I, I'm, keep I'm filling failing this podcast under, with lies. I'm, secondly, I'm failing to understand how the uh, the random dynamite campaign helps out with the the overall goal of the dog hospital. No, well, I okay. Let me let me explain again. I would love to make them into little doggy doctors and and lawyers and stuff little dog judges like they have on that fucking uh that last week tonight show yeah, yeah, yeah um uh i i would love for that to happen and and i do want that to, i do want that to happen but some of them um i'm afraid will eventually uh uh build tunnels and hop onto airplanes and stuff and escape from the dog spittle <laughs> and uh and hurt me and my friends. So right. I need to throw in the dynamite. in the Middle East a dog? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, getting I did woke I'm, get, I'm getting woke on you that. now. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's the problem. <laughs> it's that, I, that I'm referring to these actual yeah. human beings that I have in a hospital as dogs, not the yeah. fact that I'm throwing dynamite in. <laughs> uh. <laughs> that goes, uh, man, that goes back to the meme that I was uh, talking about <laughs> Again, I, the meme. I I didn't I didn't stop the show for this meme. I just wrote it no. down. But uh, the the thing that I wrote down was, H.R. Geiger was not very woke for gendering the aliens. <laughs> that is extreme. <laughs> out of all the out of all the things that H.R. Geiger did wrong, gendering you, the aliens need... was really the problem. And you need to, as part of that, uh, have like the background be one of his most grotesque paintings. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, Just yeah. like dicks and assholes. Yeah, um, like really uh, implied uh, non-consensual uh, sex between aliens and uh, right and machines and, and machines, more aliens yeah. and demons. Yeah. Uh, I will say though that uh, the the meme that I made, which is beautiful, 
has 69 likes right now. So it was worth it. It was worth waiting. Nice. Uh, nice. <laughs> All right. I, I hope that yeah, came out as creepy as I wanted it to over the mic. It felt creepy for me and I was part of it. Yeah, so. I want I wanted it to feel like uh the listener was like having somebody like you know when you're like sitting down somewhere and somebody like comes behind you and like whispers into your ear and mm-hmm. like how uncomfortable that makes you feel? Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. what I wanted to convey there. Nice. All right, so we've got two more things nice. that we sh- yeah. we should look at real quick before we mm-hmm. get into uh, what what I think is just going to be shitty love line. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and this is actually going to be mm-hmm. one of our longer episodes, and I'm glad that I upgraded the internet yeah. so this upload process won't be... Uh, quite as as uh, hard as it has been on me um right i a really quick clarification though before we do this uh uh shitty love line um it's just love line um yeah because so we're doing shitty 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 love line yeah yeah dr drew and his his weed addiction or whatever the fuck is like making his brain work the way it does that dude sucks man he sucks so hard yeah. Uh, so, you know, again, with the, uh, the, the process, uh, working or not working, um, Biden is, uh, backtracking on the student debt loan, uh, stuff, mm-hmm. uh, which so- is near and dear to my heart. I think that I should be more responsible. I should. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you shouldn't have learned. I should be more things, thankful. Jack. <laughs> yeah. Right. Am I right? Um, so yeah, Biden had promised at least ten thousand dollars of student debt loan relief. That that was his actual at, at least, and then there was there were the higher numbers and, that and, were mentioned. And yeah. you know what? The, what the Democratic, uh, you know, even absolute fucking assholes like Chuck Schumer were saying, you know, fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars would be good, and it's completely within the jurisdiction of the president to do this. Because the president runs the federal branch of education and all student loans go through the Fed. Mm-hmm. So this can happen. Biden keeps saying, oh, I don't know if I can do 50 grand. I'll have to talk. I'll have to talk to the people that run the programs about that, brother. Um, but, you know, he can do it no matter what he says. He mm-hmm. can. And that's uh, that's what this article says at the top, I think. Um, yeah. So Astra Taylor, uh, who does a lot of really good journalistic work on this kind of thing. Um, Biden is already backtracking on his promises to provide student debt relief. Uh, let's be clear, whatever you may say, Biden absolutely has the power to unilaterally cancel all federal student debt. So $50,000 isn't even like the cap that he has here. He could essentially forgive every single amount of student loan debt that exists. Um, yep. Not that that would come back into the economy or to the gov- the, the federal government uh, by way of taxes or anything. Um, right, yeah, because you would enable people to maybe spend more. Mm-hmm. Um, Buy more little, avocado little toast for houses, theory. depending little on what they want. Little buckets theory is what we're going to call that. Old buckets. Old buckets. No. Uh, but yeah, that, that was part of his campaign pledge, and, and now he's backtracking on it. Uh, I yeah. highlighted this text, but I don't remember why I highlighted this text, so we're just gonna ignore that. Um, <laughs> but basically, he he's he's not even, uh, and and you know this is something that could have happened. Uh, you know, he was inaugurated January twentieth. Uh, this this could have happened January twenty first. It's mm-hmm. just literally, you you could put it on a post-it note like, student loan debt doesn't exist anymore. 
and then he could sign his name on it and that would be the fucking end of it um right but you know he hasn't done I, that and and i, I will say saying, go, ahead, go ahead no no please please go on okay I keep seeing this argument from from a lot of the the liberal establishment sort of people that are like, oh, look, Biden's only been in office for a month. Like, you got to give him some time to make all these things happen. These are things that he promised would happen within like a week of his fucking uh, inauguration. Um, so and and, you know, the 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 other thing that I wanted to make a point about on process is, OK, so. You know, we can't make a $15 minimum wage happen within a month, but we can make bombing another country happen within a month. Uh, right. So so this argument that, you know, oh, he's only had a month of time to make all these things happen. Well, this is something that would literally take like 10 seconds for him to say, hey, you go write up a thing that says student loan debt is forgiven up to $50,000. And then somebody would run away, type it up. And then come back with a paper for him to sign, and he would just sign it. That's all it would take. Yeah. That's that's not something that requires yep. a month or more of time to do. I uh, I'm trying to look up how much a drone strike costs. Uh, okay, yeah. So each each missile it fires uh, costs seventy thousand oh, dollars. And I, the I predator... was actually going to ask you to stop for a second so I could guess, and I was going to say uh, sixty oh. sixty five thousand dollars. How how much uh, does a predator drone cost? Uh, predator drones are. I, I want to say a buck 30 and that's in millions. Uh, no, it's worse. Oh, fuck. it's, Oh, Oh, a buck 30. Sorry. No, 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 yeah, no, no, no. A million I, dollars I, I yeah. Oh no. Yeah, it is worse. It's, oh. it's, it's, it's 1250. It's <laughs> 12 million. Okay. Well, um, I, inflation, you know? Yeah. Right. Right. So what that means, uh, is, uh, so, for one drone strike, ultimately that ends up costing uh, what? So twelve plus seven hundred thousand. So that's thirteen million dollars. Thirteen million two hundred thousand dollars spending, really. Granted, you know you only have to buy that drone a bunch of times, but fewer times than the missiles, because you could shoot many missiles with a drone. Is, uh, but but this is an aside, but let's just but uh, uh, one of the things I'd like to talk to uh, Brad Danson's about is the uh, the F thirty five project. Uh, now that mm -hmm. the oh, yeah. forces officially come out saying that it was a waste. <laughs> right, right. Um, and well, how many how many missiles are on a drone? Um. I want to say there's like probably better. like six, six. At okay, least. let's let's say six. That seems right to me. And you're the military guy, so let's 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 add a few more of those. I mean, so, the, the loadout uh, of a of a drone just kind of depends on like the the coefficient between how long it has to travel and what the payload is and everything. So right, it, it's not going to um, be standardized in that way. Okay, so we'll 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 just say five then. So so for one drone to go out. And then launch five missiles. That's sixteen million dollars. Okay, sixteen million. That's not too bad. Uh, and so, how many people are that there in the like US? A, That sounds like an hour of the war on terror in Afghanistan. Right, right. So there are what three hundred thirty million people in the U.S. Um, so divide that by sixteen million. So um, every time that a drone goes out and launches uh, five of its six missiles, uh, that uh, takes 
$21 from each of us, um, which happens how often? Like, like an hour. Like, yeah, it does sound like an hour, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, that, I mean, we're all paying the $20 an hour. <laughs> but like, um, that's, I'm not going to do the rest of the math because it is just indomitable in my head right now. But, but like, think about how much money is being spent on that stuff and how hard it is apparently to give each person uh, $2,000 right now. Yeah. And you know, just once. I, Just I, was, once. I was talking to somebody about the uh, the F-35 uh, program mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, the 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 shitty thing that I said that was obviously a joke was, look, you freaky leftists want things like medical care for everybody. But how could we possibly afford that while we're wasting trillions of dollars on <laughs> weapons platforms that end up not fulfilling the role they need to fulfill? <laughs> right, right, right. Um, it's oh god. So I'm gonna I'm gonna end uh, the the process talk. This is this is kind of like a uh, beginner or introductory sort of thing because I'm I'm right. I myself am, am really starting to look into, I guess it's process ontology. Would that be the correct term? Uh, no. Well, no, I mean, quite, I, right? process ontology is what I focus on, which right, then bleeds yeah. into this kind of stuff. So this would just be, I don't know. Um, it, it, it bleeds into a bunch of stuff, but just process politics, right? Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Fair enough. Process epistemology, maybe. Uh, like because that. we're talking that about sounds, the way that, that we understand. Uh, that very uh, academic. I'll find a fancy term for it. I'll let you know. I mean, yeah. all, all I know is that both of both the things that we're doing, they're both process metaphysics. So. Okay, there we go. Uh, <laughs> this is an introductory uh, from from a uh, person who's being introduced to uh, the thing, uh, process metaphysics. Right. Um, oh, yeah. So uh, before we get into shitty love line and the uh, the couple of questions that I got, um, I've got a very funny clip. I try to find this from a different source. Uh, but uh, we'll have to watch the majority report for a second. Um, I was hoping Dave. Worst Rubin things have clips... happened. What? <laughs> okay, Dave Rubin clips. Hey. Yeah, I was hoping Dave Rubin clips uh, Twitter would have this, but they didn't. So, so this is where I, where I found this. Um, uh, you may oh, look have... at those eyes. Yeah, no, it's a good still. Um, you may have known that uh, that uh, Mr. Potato Head is now gender neutral. It's now being sold yeah. as Potato Head. Yeah. And you know what? You can't do that because he's always had a dick just hanging off of his body. And you can't just change that. You just can't change that. Um, so we're, we're going to watch in real time uh, Dave Rubin, noted intellectual, uh, work through these very big ideas about what gender is and then realize as he's talking that uh, the potato never had a gender and just the, yeah he's if, always just if, been a spud bud if you it's don't fine. uh if you don't watch this uh this uh this this podcast on video i i recommend that you just for like a couple of moments watch this particular portion and this will be about at the uh the hour and 51 minute mark i think is when this uh yeah hour 50 uh based on the recording so just, can, just can, watch can I... this because you're gonna see the expression on his face as he realizes what he's fucking saying and then he just immediately has to pivot to yeah anyways this is dumb right do you have something you want to add before we start oh i i, I just had it pop into my head because I, I don't know how they're going to rebrand and stuff 
but I just love the idea of them changing from Mr. Potato Head to just like, it's just a box and it's just like plain, plain paper. And it just says potato. Yeah. Well, and, really and, and you know, before we start this clip, it's uh, it's worthy of note that uh, Mr. Potato Head originally mm-hmm. was just a box of parts and you needed an actual physical potato uh, to, play, oh, did you? That's awesome. to play the, That's to funny. play with the toy essentially. Right. Of course it was. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, so so here we go. This is Dave Rubin realizing uh, how uh, neutral gender is. <laughs> just insanity. It ain't going to stop. It's just coming at every level. The other one that I saw this morning is that Hasbro has announced that Mr. Potato Head won't be called Mr. Potato Head anymore. He'll just be Potato Head because... Uh, obviously that was offensive to somebody or he wasn't really a man or he is a man or being a man you could take the mustache off then he's mrs potato head i mean did you watch toy story there was mr potato and mrs potato and you can switch all their we live literally in the dumbest time (laughs) that's awesome that's very good that's (laughs) in real time he he realizes that Look, what is a human body? It's just a chunk of meat, meat and paste. And you, you can, once the dynamite happens, you can move around all the body parts. What's a man? What's a woman? You know, it's just, they're just, just, it's just meat and paste. You can, it doesn't, why are we? He has got to be the dumbest fucking person on planet Earth. It is very cool, actually. Like, I'm proud of him a little bit. <laughs> to, to realize in real time that, that he's making an argument about how ridiculous it is that uh, that Mr. Potato Head is losing his gender identity and like, hey, yeah, it never really mattered. Oh, wait. Right. Fuck. Uh, anyways, this oh, is dumb. <laughs> how much do you think this guy makes? I mean, don't even answer that. Oh, it's he just lives a, in a, a, a several million dollar house. He, he makes of quite course. a lot of money and uh, this is... This is a crime against humanity that uh, Dave Rubin uh, uh, is is allowed to make that much money. But I mean, so when we do a deep dive episode or something, and I, you know, I I'm doing something that I feel like uh, is important because it's not important otherwise. I don't know, but when we do like a deep dive episode, I write down notes. Yeah, because I want the things that I say to be right, yeah. and then otherwise I try to at least like you know I'm looking up shit on my phone the whole time and, and things like that because I would like to not straight up lie, uh, but this guy makes so much money. We're doing this for free. We're doing it at, at a cost, actually, ultimately. Yeah, uh, which I'm certainly not complaining about. But no, but I'm I'm fine doing it at a cost as long as I do it as a at a cost. And right. But this man makes so much money and he can't even like think out what he's going to say beforehand. No, that, you know, that's, uh, he does think it through and he's just that. (laughs) This is one of the, the principal philosophies behind the project. That is the, the Benzo rehab dungeon, I guess I'll Mm -hmm. say is that, uh, one of the, and I, and I've talked about this before here and there, I think, but you know, the, the idea that I always had was, I got involved in government and I've been working in government for a while and I've seen that a lot of people in government are just absolutely fucking stupid and they don't know what they're doing. And when it comes down to like ethical, like decisions of what they are or are not doing, they don't know what to do because they don't have that kind of framework in their mind uh, that, that like, 
brings them above just the simple process of things, which I'm, I'm now, you know, I, I had early inklings of this and now I'm starting to really realize that, the, you know, this is like a, 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 an issue with process in general. And, you know, these, these people that are in charge of things don't know, they know how to run a machine, but they don't know what the effects of the machine are. And they're, they're very, inept at doing anything good because they don't know how to make something good happen they know how to run the yeah. machine and, yeah. and so this if, machine turns turns babies into paste right. and you know what if you vote for me we'll we'll speed up that process we'll make we'll the, boil the machine the, paste the quickest thing that's ever happened we'll you it's know it's gonna be awesome we'll we'll shoot the children in afghanistan and and make it as as less painful as possible Sort yeah. of stuff, you know. We'll make bigger bombs for the dogs yeah. so we kill them instead of just we'll, taking we'll out make their sure legs. That the entire city gets wiped out so nobody has any mm. bad feelings afterwards. Walter Benjamin has entered the chat. <laughs> um <laughs> uh hell yeah. Nice. Uh, nice. so yeah, that was that was the last thing I wanted to get into uh, yeah, before let's ruin on. some lives. <laughs> Right. So we, we we both we both got got questions um, yeah, and, independently. And before we move into this, um, Please. I, I just yeah. made a uh, um, email account. Uh, it's going to be benzo rehab questions at gmail dot com. That's um, fun. For some reason, whenever I reposted your ask us questions things. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't get the answers or, or the the responses. Uh, the, only reason, the, re the only reason I know that is because our friend Megan uh, reached mm -hmm. out to me and she's like, hey, have you uh, recorded the, the last episode? And, you know, I was interested. I, I in need seeing... you to fix my relationship. No, no. I, I, mm -hmm. She was interested in seeing how we responded to the questions. I said, no, I haven't yet. And I was like, I didn't think I saw any questions from you. And she had sent me a bunch of questions um but it didn't uh show up on my instagram when i when i looked at the interactions so weird what i'm going to do from now on is and and we can make this a weekly thing where we just answer people's questions that they send to the email i'll check it before right. every episode yeah it works for me um and so it, it will be benzo rehab questions at gmail.com uh, and you can ask us any questions that you have burning in your mind about uh hopefully something more politics or theory oriented but yeah. also if you unlike to, all this shit <laughs> yeah or if you want us to uh fuck up your relationship we can mm. do that too so that i do know a lot of psychoanalysis yeah all right so uh <laughs> that that uh that email link will be <clears throat> excuse me i'm getting a little bit drunk now uh that email link will nice. be put in the uh the uh link tree Right on. Um, if you would like to lead with the questions, so I can pull up the uh, the questions that I oh, sent. Man, well, <laughs> God, these are all nightmares. Well, the first question is uh, from Megan saying, "Did you get my questions?" Uh, and oh, Megan, okay. no, yeah. no, we, no, we, <laughs> we did not. No, she she did. Uh, she she sent me the questions through direct text. Oh, good. So cool. I cool. have those questions, and we can we can look at them. Uh... Right. Um. The uh. The. the... These are so awful. All of them suck. I love <laughs> I love you all, but uh, yeah, we love these are, pretty, these are mostly awful. Uh, this next question is: um, When will you invite your fellow theory grammars as guests? And first off, you clearly don't listen to us. 
because yeah, we have brought on Cam. Yep. And he's he's a, a, a prominent theorygram boy. Um and sometimes we 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 have very yeah. limited discussions. I love talking to him. Yeah. Uh, but no, we're, we're and we're we we are trying to bring on more people. Um and uh there's at least at least one currently in the works that's like theorygram uh, proper. Uh we're trying to bring on uh, beyond woke and problematic he said yes but we just have to find a time to do it um and uh yeah we we want to bring on more people but i'm generally not going to bring on like you know that the one theorygram page that was made yesterday that has 50 fans uh and stuff um simply because of the fact that i don't like theorygram <laughs> <laughs> it's not an elitist thing it's just because i don't trust you people um because i'm an elitist uh, but no, yeah, the, we, the, there are a bunch of people from this space that I've talked to and that I've vetted. Yeah, we that, might, uh, uh, we might want to set aside a day to do not the uh, not the twenty four hour thing that we tried to do that, mm-hmm, I, that mm-hmm. I got too drunk to finish. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe uh, I hope nobody can hear the sound of me pissing into this cup. It's a beautiful sound, actually. Which is actually just uh, like pouring. Water but yeah, do like an inter- interview day? That would be fun. Yeah, an interview day, something um, like that. Maybe we could release it over a couple of weeks or something. Or we could just release it all at once because I don't really care about the uh, the metrics of interaction on this sort of right. thing. I'd rather just have the genuine discussions that I like to have. Yeah, exactly. Um, next question uh, is... Uh, when are you this is again from megan this that's the only <laughs> one that i'm actually going to announce uh, uh sent in the questions because actually all of these questions are her uh, oh every single but, one uh, every single one of them uh but it's uh megan. when megan are you a good friend she's great yeah um when are you two going to do the watch party for the new sonic movie um <laughs> <laughs> because i do need to do that because i will confess right now i am thank to liz mm-hmm. and my profile picture is from the new Sonic movie. Zoom, zoom, and I, I, I am a zoomy boy. I do have the zoomies, uh, but I haven't, I have not seen this movie. Uh, so we, uh, this will happen soon, probably in the next few weeks. What we'll do like a rift tracks thing. Yeah, we should, um, uh, we should, we should try as much as we can to like, because this movie is not going to have any of it, but we should do whatever we can to, uh, to read politics into it. Yes. Read politics and, and especially accelerationist theory into it. Oh yeah. Just, just yeah, like absolutely. doing absolute cartwheels and, and jumping jacks and like gymnastic routines worthy of Olympic, uh, you know, note, right. <laughs> note um, to, to make this, uh, to make this more political and more accelerationist than it's meant to be. Absolutely. I mean, that's that's necessary. Um, what else we have? Uh, I I don't understand this one, so I'm going to skip it. I think because uh, he's I think asking maybe about events. Is all the questions that Megan sent me hmm. accidentally ended up in your inbox somehow? Well, the, actually, those were the only two by Megan I liked. Oh, okay. Never mind. All right. Um, yeah, she sent me a but, way um, more than that. Go ahead. There's 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 some complicated questions. Uh, not even uh, i i'm uh, there's a confusing question about what events what's up with events i don't know uh i shouldn't even mention that one i should just skip past it uh but uh uh also one of the people that's been following since the beginning of this account is asking uh would you two be interested in a threesome and if so with who um 
I would have a threesome with Mike so long as the third person was also Mike. Thanks, man. Like a clone of Mike. I appreciate that. Because that I, would I be feel, hot. I feel a little bit cool. guilty now because I, I was going to agree to threesome under the condition. With a woman that, or something? Uh, that Channing Tatum was the third. <laughs> <laughs> that dude's hot. Uh-huh. I don't know. I do. I do. Uh, Mike, I guess you and I both have people we would have to ask about the threesomes. Um, <laughs> so so we'll we'll get back to you. A person. And if two. that's you asking about asking about if we wanted buddy, you know what? It's it's Ajween. I don't me, know. Let if me you've just go ahead him. and uh, um, whoever whoever sent that question. Ajween. Yeah. OK, well, whoever sent that question. Aj- Aj- <laughs> I'm uglier in person, I promise. Yeah, well, we both are. Uh, yeah. Um, but uh, let's see. So we got those. Uh, we've got. Uh, <laughs> got where's those. <laughs> this is uh, this is from a, a buddy of mine that I've been talking to more and more uh, recently. He's a, a fantastic painter. Um, it's uh, Kiara Kira Shalimi. I think it's the person's name. Kiara Shalimi. Personal is the account, but uh, they're asking. Where's my fecking thing in themselves? Uh, and buddy, I wish I could tell you because that's a cast joke. That's a, he's asking about <laughs> how how where's that numinal reality at, friend? Yeah. And you know what, bud? I don't know. I keep yeah. trying to access it, and you know what 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 occurs uh, must p- pass by way of the inside, and I can't make it pass into the. I can't. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So I can't help you either because you also might not be real because I'm not. So. You know, this is this is one of the, like the dissociative things that I struggle with every now and then is uh, mm-hmm. whether or not anything I'm experiencing is real. Oh yeah, no, I, I I've had that a lot through my life for sure. Uh, it's gotten a little bit better that, in the that's last. Weird that you experience that, no. and I now question you. Uh, <laughs> but go ahead, next question. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, let, let's see, uh, what is the acceptable number of people to be married to at the same time? Legally speaking, um, one. No, who cares? Uh, and from an anarchic uh, standpoint, uh, the the government shouldn't, shouldn't exist. Yeah. Yeah. So zero. Uh, but from a personal standpoint, go wild, go crazy, man, go nuts. Yeah. I what mean, do you think? You know, I, I've always uh, I've always admired people who are like uh, very actually polyam uh, for just having the energy to deal with. Uh, and, and this isn't Mike, like Mike, a did you just tell band. me that you that you respect past me? Is that, is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, you no, no, respected no. me? Well, that's sweet. I would never admit to that. No, um, okay. <laughs> uh, just just having the uh, the energy to deal with that re- many relationships. Um, yeah, no, it's bullshit. It sucks. I I, I, have, <laughs> I have one serious relationship and a lot of friendships, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm not even a lot of friendships actually. I have a very very select like friend group that i actually with one really with. big listener yes and one really big listener and i and you know people reach out to me uh, a boy. lot on the uh the the benzo rehab dungeon instagram and i try to respond to them but sometimes it's just like too much for me um right. i'm not a social person uh so i i you know if you have the energy for you know 90 wives 90 husbands good on you i yeah. don't know it has to be equitable though so if you have 90 <laughs> wives each of those wives has to have uh, 89 additional husbands 
yeah, uh, yeah no I, you know the 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 mormon version of polyamory where mm. it's like uh one man has has several wives like that's bullshit uh, yeah that's that's not good um yeah and that's greedy yeah and and you know any any kind of like religious base especially when it's like an abrahamic religion uh yeah that th- those forms of polyamory are not uh not good or equitable yeah sure would be weird if uh placing like one uh one patriarch as like the focus of your religious belief would like rub off onto how you build relationships with other people or something which uh, uh by <laughs> the way um listen to the uh listen to the uh religious deconstruction episodes i'm doing with uh with jacob guys gotta, gotta do it you guys gotta do it they're good they are good thanks man um hell yeah uh let's see uh, this is from uh, document one mm. uh, dot doc. Uh, that's our that's our friend Sal. Yep. Yeah. Um, or, or he has like twelve names, um, but uh, it's dear Dankus and lover Mike, because they favor they're onto us. There's a lot of questions that are phrased like this. Um, how do I get more girls to swipe right? Uh, uh, you don't, man. Yeah. No, it, like I don't know. You want him to have 90 wives I, and for them to have 89 additional husbands. I, but you I, don't want any swiping to occur? When when I was in the military, I, I had a long engagement with dating apps. And they suck. Yeah, they're, they're all horrible. There's like one or two relationships that led to any kind of meaningful thing out of my entire existence in the, the yeah. online dating thing. Um. You don't want more girls to swipe right. You want to. You want a special someone to swipe right. And I don't know. I. I... That was saccharine and disgusting. <laughs> I, and I. I, I agree mostly. Yeah. I mean, I. Uh, I relationships dating... are better formed when when they mm-hmm. have uh, actual humans involved. Well, not not just actual humans, but like an interaction that extends beyond I'm trying to find a partner sort of stuff. Yeah. 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 Um, my most I mean, no, like dining sites are nightmares. Yeah. My, my most meaningful relationships have been formed out of spontaneous interactions with other people. And that, that includes friendships. Um, yeah. But like, especially in, in dating, it's like, yeah, you could find. 50 people that are dtf but it's like i don't remember any other names or or yeah who they are or even you know most of the time i was very drunk when i had these kind of interactions so like right <laughs> i don't even remember the specific details of the encounters um, yeah i of, of of the dates that i've gone on through dating sites they've all been nightmares uh, and some have been entertaining nightmares and some haven't and some have led to consummation but even that was generally well, not great because it's like what did i sign up for out of these dating websites is like hey we listed off five things that we have a commonality and like oh my god you love netflix and pizza too right or or even 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 further than that it's like oh yeah i'm very heavily involved in politics or hmm. or i really like politics and it's like if you yep. match me up with the neoliberal, we're going to have a really horrible time, even though we might right. share some, some degree of like commonality between like, yes, trans people deserve to have rights or uh, gays should be allowed to marry. 
I'm going to right. take it a step further and be like, I don't care who's in charge of, you know, the uh, the uh, the bombing campaign in Iraq, mm. whether it's a gay person or, or a straight person. I don't think the bombing thing in Iraq should exist. Uh, that was that was not the question that Sal asked. Uh, <laughs> no, but, but we kept on. Uh, but no, I get it. Yeah. Uh, but but no, uh, to, but to answer answer the question a little bit in like a less cheaty way, I guess. Who cares um, about swiping right? Well, <laughs> fuck off. Let me answer the question. Yeah, go, ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> um but uh uh i mean first off yes i do agree with mike ultimately um and uh and it has been pretty miserable but also if you do insist on using dating apps uh to find someone the only ones that i've had any kind of luck beyond just like oh i had sex and i talked to someone that i thought was boring and convinced myself they were interesting or something uh, have been hinge is good because it actually forces you to start conversations before swiping or anything like that. And you guys have to like agree on that. So it's more conversational or like, okay, Cupid or something, because I met one of my best friends through there actually. Uh, so not even from a romantic thing, but uh, those kind of things that are not just uh, predicated on swiping are definitely substantially better, uh, especially for someone like this guy who I know, and so I know uh, probably uh, is looking for something uh, uh, better and deserves something better. Dating that suck. Yeah. If I could be a woman um, and date Sal, I, I would do it. Yeah. I'm well, not a woman. You though. could. You Okay. <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't share that identity. <laughs> uh let's see let's see there's there's a there's a couple more do you do you want to share a couple because i know that you have some right yeah i mean all my questions come from uh from megan uh there there was actually one that i did get from sal as well um, oh let me see if i can find that real quick. maybe they don't want us to be throwing them under the bus with relationship questions no i don't care if, if and announcing who <laughs> should know. And, and that's going to be part of the uh the link to the uh the email for questions from now on is going to be how do you want us to identify you and right um, right what the, uh, um, so the the question that oh. i got from sal was how does roko's basilisk differ from the fermi paradox or satan or descartes demon bf and they're all entirely d different kind of but I, I would say um, I guess we can just explain them all. Yeah. I, yeah, I would say that they uh they they all come from the same kind of, of thought. Uh and they're just expansions on each other. Would yeah, kind of. I I mean sorta, yeah. I mean the the so Descartes demon is essentially just the concept that um even if you boil down your all of your doubts and you are just like okay well i will believe what i see empirically uh or or through my rationality or whatnot that you still can't necessarily tell uh much objectively about the world because it could just be an evil demon tricking you yeah. uh, or some kind of force uh, uh, of illusion uh so there's that and then the fermi paradox uh maybe i'm misunderstanding the connection but the fermi paradox is essentially just the claim that because there are so many planets there uh, are more there there has to be some kind of life out there and so uh, why is there no life that we've come into contact with if 
there's such great space and stuff. And there are a bunch of answers to it. The most popular of yeah. which I think is that eventually life kills itself before right. it, the, it the becomes Fermi like space born. Needs to be mentioned in the same space as the uh, the great filter, uh, which is the right. idea that at some point all civilizations reach reach a manifestation where they either completely annihilate themselves and maybe we're so chill and in a simulation or something that they uh right get a or, sit tight. Or maybe there's there's a slim chance that they they breach that barrier that filter and uh, become you know an established uh eternal society on the other side sort of thing right and then the third one i guess i guess i, I i'm saying where they connect because i guess we're talking about simulation theory but they're all like yeah. varying levels of like yeah. I mean, for the Fermi paradox says that maybe there could be a simulation. That's the only way that connects to simulation, yeah. I guess. Um, but um, but then the Rokas Basilisk. I, I think I explained this before, but but just just for this, Rokas Basilisk essentially is the idea that statistically speaking, it is most likely that if uh, if if uh, if AIs producing uh, simulations could possibly exist, uh, and they could possibly exist that we are most likely just through mathematics inside of one of those, uh, so long as we can believe that consciousness can exist inside of a simulation. Yep. And so if it is most likely that we're inside of one of these simulations, these simulations want to make themselves more efficient because that's what they would exist for is to produce simulations. Um, and that's what an AI would do, it would try to be efficient, it would try to give itself more efficiency. And so Roka's Basilisk is the idea that if you know about the simulation, then the simulation will inherently uh, want to use you to give itself more efficiency. And so if you don't help the simulation, once you discover the simulation, it'll do something horrible to you. Um, and so I guess all three of these link in the sense that they, they're connected to simulation theory in some way but uh but they're all dis distinctly different i think for for reasons that are obvious there uh you could have descartes demon and Rocco's basilisk you could but it's like uh it's all all ducks are birds but not all birds are ducks thing yeah um for sure and then uh yeah i'll i'll do i'll do one more here then right. and then uh so love life's doing okay thanks bud i'm glad it is uh but <laughs> I'd like you guys to DP Jordan Peterson on air. He only eats meat, I hear. I think the joke there is that because there would be a DP involved and because yeah. he has a, a man's body, that he would be eating meat, uh, which right. which is a colloquial uh, term for, for uh, a phallus, uh, so that yeah, the, the coitus would be performed on his mouth, and I, so he'd be I, good I at it perhaps because that's all he uh, eats. Is that what I'm getting? I don't appreciate being reduced to a piece of meat. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I, I also, also I don't know I which end I'd want to be on. Every now and then, and you know whether or not I drink myself into a state of being a piece of meat is, uh, you know, it's a secondary thing to my actual existence as a a thinking, breathing, uh, human being. That uh, I, I mean, that's cool for you, and I respect it. But me, I am just a piece of meat. Oh, okay. Well, uh, <laughs> um but i also don't want to i don't know if i want to sleep with someone that only eats steaks uh just because of the fact that it, they, they it seems the guy yeah sweat. it's the sweat and then also like if you're doing a dp and this is like a you you do have to engage with their butt you don't want to engage with that butt you know yeah, you don't want a lot of that's a bad that's that, uh, that, bad news that digest digestional track 
yeah yeah it's probably not going anywhere either and so like yeah. if you disturb it that's not gonna be good uh <laughs> i have one more question but but i'll, I'll let you fill in with it okay um how do you maintain healthy boundaries in a relationship you communicate about them yeah that's that's all it is yeah uh, which is very difficult no and yeah. you have to because yeah. a, a lot of times when you're in a relationship, you're also dealing with like past traumas. For uh, sure. I know something that I've struggled with is uh, I grew up in a very broken home. And so, you know, I, I see the communication of like any issues I might be having in the relationship as is also like relationship ending things. Um, so, you know, yeah, there's there's points in time where you know, maybe, maybe you need to set a boundary and, and, you know, it could be something as, as simple as like, Hey, you know, when, you know, one, one of the boundaries I've had to set is like, Hey, when I'm recording, you know, please, please let me be. Uh, and, you know, I, I felt bad bringing that up because I was like, Oh, I'm setting this boundary that my partner is going to like reject and hate me for. Um, so it really just comes down to, to a communication sort of thing. Yeah. And, and, and a few things I, I would note about that is, is that, um, and it's, it's like constant communication. It's not just, um, uh, like setting some ground rules to begin yeah, with, no, it's not uh, because people, thing. people, uh, have a tendency because they're people, uh, to change over time. Uh, and if you want to have, uh, I, I recently left the seven-year relationship, which I feel like I maintained rather well until uh, we determined it, it couldn't work at the end uh, for, for a variety of, of larger reasons. Um, but, um, but one of the big uh, important parts of that was simply just the knowledge that people do change over time, their wants, their needs change over time, and you nece necessarily need to communicate about those as they occur. And the more that you uh, ignore that you yourself are changing or that they themselves are changing, uh, the more that becomes kind of a, a fermenting problem later. Um, and my last little thing, this is something that's been helpful. I've been talking to a lot of people about this kind of thing actually recently, but where, um, and this works inside of like uh, media theory and stuff as well. So, you know, if, if the relationship stuff bores you, you can apply it in some other kind of epistemic way. But um, where, when you're, when you're interacting with a human being, you're never interacting with them. Uh, you are only ever interacting with kind of a, a, a tertiary model that the two of you are building mm -hmm. between yourselves. And so there's a relationship itself is kind of an individual that you need to view as being that uh, and and understand that any kind of problems that you have, I mean, if they're abusing you, then get the fuck out of there. But it's uh, but it's it's you're never interacting with them. You're interacting with the model and the model is part you and it's part them. And it's both your projections and it's both of your kind of inventions about this. Uh, this kind of relationship and real inventions, but inventions, it's something, it's something that comes from somewhere. Mm -hmm. And so you need to understand that uh, you can't necessarily um, blame or produce uh, kind of uh, static expectations and stuff um, that uh, you need to view, view that model and also understand that anything that is going wrong or right uh, is something that you do have a hand in. Uh, but I, I would then again, clarify that uh, if someone is fucking gaslighting you um or, or <laughs> yeah. abusing you that uh you should keep in mind that it is possible for that model 
to be hurting you, uh, even if you do have some say in it. Uh, and your say could be to leave. Um, yeah. Cool. So that's, uh, yeah. I agree. Um, is getting added to your partner's health insurance a good enough reason to get married if your relationship is stable and neither of you wants kids? That's an economic decision. Yeah. Right. So, so, and marriage, it kind of innately is in a lot of ways. Um, yeah. Mar- a lot of people would probably disagree because, like, they, is actually like completely an economic structure. Yeah. So, I mean, if you think that it would, it doesn't lead to a problem where like you, you're led to like an inequitable situation where like the, some kind of financial or social ills would befall you if, uh, if you did need to terminate this marriage, uh, then, you know, keep that in mind. But also, I, I guess people are going to throw fits uh, sometimes if you're like marrying someone for some reason other than love. Uh, but I take it that you probably care about this person. Um, well, I, it also needs to be noted that up until, I don't know, probably the 1900s, marriage was strictly like a business relationship. Right. And I guess. Uh, yeah, sorry. No. Uh, and, and you know, it's not like marriage has, has changed from that point. It still legally is kind of a b- business relationship. Right. And, uh, you know, now nowadays it's seen more as like a, a confession of love or a proclamation yeah. of love. but Or know, worse, of just a way to lock one another down. Like yeah, that's, but, but still, I think that's really it's, what it usually a, is. It's, it's, a, it's a business relationship legally. Right. I, I, I guess maybe maybe a better answer than, than what we've given so far is that um, uh, a, any any reason that leads you to getting married is a good enough fucking reason if you want it to be. Yeah, like it's two people under a new contract. Married, then can go ahead yeah. and do that. I did that. Yeah. And honestly, <laughs> insurance, yeah, right. Uh, getting on someone's insurance seems like a better reason than just like, I will make this legally binding contract so they never leave me. Like, <laughs> you know? Yeah, um, for sure. Do it for a tax rebate. I don't give a fuck. Uh, how do you respectfully ask for space from your partner, especially if you're feeling irritable, frustrated? You express why you need the space. Yeah. And then and then establish that you need it. Like just say, I'm feeling irritable. Uh, but I mean, you, you, you have to build a rapport and a, like a way to communicate these things with people. So, I mean, you have to know how to express it. But if you're in a relationship with someone that you can't tell them, like, I am feeling irritable, I need to be left alone. Uh then uh, then it's it's yeah, probably not probably a great a thing problem there anyway. um but also uh, the the clarification that uh that with that kind of thing because i have a lot of you know my own my own uh my own shit going on so so i do have to have conversations with people a lot about things like that um but uh like needing space or whatnot and really the most important thing to keep in mind that i i i guess would just be uh, when you're communicating with someone, like if you are feeling irritable because they're not leaving you alone, uh, understand again that it's not, that's just because of them and you shouldn't communicate it that way, that you should say, I am feeling irritable, yeah. so I need some time alone, uh, not uh, you're bugging the fuck out of me, please stop. You got to make feeling right? statements sometimes. I feel like I... I statements and feeling statements. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I statements and feeling statements. Um, what's what's the, uh, not to not to like uh, marshalize it, but uh, there's there's that uh, great uh, bit in Art of War where it's like, if you're if you're in combat with someone, you don't want to surround them on all sides because they need to be given a way out or else they'll fight to the death. Right, yeah. And so like, <laughs> if you want to have it, 
you want to have a, if you want to have a talk with anyone about anything, especially if it's something tense, you need to say it as like, I feel, or it's as if, well, that's, that one's a little bitchy sounding, but like, to, you know, uh, sit, uh, communicate in, in a way that they can respond by saying, well, I feel, or uh, that it's not necessarily the case, that an actual discussion can happen. Just don't throw ultimatums at people. Yeah. Uh, do you think it's possible to be polyamorous and not be a shitty person about it? It's hard. It's yeah. very hard. I mean, I've, I've done it on and off for a long, long time. Uh, and I no longer really think that it's a thing that I can do well. Uh, but it's not even necessarily because of me that it's just fucking hard and it's not worth it sometimes, uh, most of the time. Yeah, I but, mean, uh, I, I, I go back and forth on the, the concept of polyamory where... I mean, I don't know. I, I think I think all relationships have some some measure of controlling another uh kind of written into them um yeah i i don't think i don't think there's anything wrong with being polyamorous but i don't think uh polyamory especially in the culture that we developed i don't think polyamory works a lot of the time um yeah i mean i i, I guess it goes back to the things that i've said previous uh during this thing which is simply that um, if you, if you have the ability and the, the people around you that you can have a one-on-one -on -one relationship that communicates well enough that it can function, which most people can't do that, yeah. uh, then that's great. Uh, and if you are lucky enough to have the skills and the people around you to bring in more people, uh, and for those people, bring in people, do it as much as you want. But the more people that are involved in this, the less likely it is for uh, for it to be viable. Uh, and and uh, um, the problem with this kind of thing and its viability is that it's not just that you you if if it doesn't work, you fucked up and and, and you failed an experiment. But it's that if you try this kind of thing and you fuck up and you hurt someone, you've hurt someone. Uh, so it's uh, it's extremely high risk and it can be high reward. And I've seen it happen healthily, and I've done it at points where it's been good and I've done it at points where it's been an irreconcilable nightmare. Uh, so I think it's possible to do it without being a shitty person. Um, but it's also, um, very needs to be very, on... very, very, it's contingent on a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, and um, yeah. Have either of you gotten pregnant from, from giving a blow jobs once yeah, uh, but I'm, only a blowjobs and the singular. Yeah. Oh, no, you know I, what? It was it was just blowjob. Oh, okay. Then I, no, I, I read no. the question mark as a, as an S. No, the one time it happened to me was a through a blowjobs because I had four of them to my oh. mouth okay. at once. Um, yeah. I I've never gotten pregnant. You never gotten pregnant? But I have of, swallowed a, a lot of man seed. That's not true. Nice. How nice. is Babby formed? Well, when man. you when the when the paste dispenser uh, man malfunctions and shoves mm. enough babies into the paste uh, <laughs> the paste creation uh, uh, factory the, the dispenser yeah factory um, right uh, if you have enough recombinant forms uh, the the baby uh -huh. eventually uh, uh, comes to be. 
Yeah. Well, it's it's one of those things where it's like Comes if you if you have a sandwich card for like a subway or something, mm-hmm. I don't know who has these things. Like um and and like if you get a punch a punch card times, of percentages you know, of enough yeah. uh well, baby well what I'm saying and... what I'm saying is that it's if, if with one of these baby dispensing machines, if you put uh six babies into it, you get the seventh one as a baby is what comes <laughs> out. You get it for free. Or you can you can do what my parents uh no, 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 never mind. They did something else. Uh, but a, a friend of mine's parents, what they did is they uh they called up a stork which came over and uh and uh railed his wife. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um what are your thoughts on attachment theory would you care to share either of your attachment styles um i think it's a decent shorthand i think it works out okay um and i'm mixed but i'm mostly anxious though i can i'm i'm avoidant most of the time until i find someone that i like and then i become anxious (laughs) yeah i think i would agree with that yeah Um, yeah what is your love language language yeah i'm does it fall under the traditional five or is it something else yeah what's yours do we need a list of the five yeah i don't i don't know what the five is um i would i would say i don't really have a love language yeah because you don't love is what it is no it's it's not that i don't love uh one of the consistent uh frustrations of any partner i've ever had is that uh um i ha i have a very uh i i always like, subtle yeah not not just that but like i always have these thought processes and and orientations and i'm much more uh much more inclined to to engage with somebody off of like purely bullshit reasons of like oh hey you've been thinking these thoughts oh yeah let's talk about these thoughts for a long time and then uh i'll get to the point where i'm drunk enough to like do a copulation with them or something you know like so so mike is wrong about what his love language is because i know for a fact that it's acts of service (laughs) um i know and that's true um it's probably true yeah, it's it's acts of service, uh, and it might be quality time, uh, but but you know you 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 you're such a homebody with your partner that it's all quality time. But yeah, so acts of service, like he'll he'll fix your computer, he'll like do stuff around the house, or like do sweet good things for you. He'll cook you dinner or something. That's his love language. It's absolutely the it's case. Uh, mine is probably words of affirmation and physical touch. I'm a very touchy person, uh, but. Uh, but mostly words of affirmation. I mean, is that I why you always rub my shoulders when you come over? Yeah, and then 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 tell you how pretty you've been today. Thanks. Uh, well, that's a weird thing to say. You've been so pretty today. <laughs> you've been so pretty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I said I, I I said that it's words of affirmation, but I'm we not we might regret it. some some parts of this conversation. We're <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, but I don't know, like acts of service, gifts, quality time. Uh, I mean, I, I guess I kind of do all those things. I spend a lot of time with people too. I'm just, I'm an anxious person with the attachment. And so I kind of just yeah, I'll, I'll I, do whatever I, I need to do to establish what I like you. As a, um, a loving person, I think. Yeah. That's why. I, I mean, again, I'm the same way until it happens and I'm just like everything. Yeah. So that's probably true. Psycho. You fucking um, crazy. 
is there a trait, habit, or personality that deems a person undateable in your eyes? Uh, yeah, if you're a fucking... I'm not going to drop any slurs, but the R word came to mind. No. Um, uh, undateable for everyone or just undateable for us? Uh, undateable for us, it seems to be. Yeah. Uh, if you're uncurious. If you don't have curiosity... Uh, you're an unbearable person for me to be around as a friend or otherwise, as, but especially as a partner. Yeah. I, I can't do it. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, or if you uh, are a horse, I can't. I'm, I'm never going to do that again. I've tried. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've tried to date horses and it never worked out. Uh, what are some romantic date ideas that are inexpensive and respective of the pandemic? Camping. Yeah, yeah, camping's that's a good one. But camping spots are really hard to get right now because of the pandemic yeah. as well. But possible, possible. Well, see, you know, it, it, it depends on where you are because I, I was very surprised when you and I went camping, mm. which is part of which was camping. very romantic. Yeah, very romantic. Um, yeah. I was surprised at how how rigid and structured it, the camping thing was down here, because yeah. when when I grew up in Washington. Uh, the entire Wenatchee National Forest is just like free campgrounds. You, mm. you know, there's like rules you have to follow. Like during certain seasons, you you can't light a fire, and they fly planes over to like make sure that nobody's lit fires in the in the in the forest or anything like that. And they but, shoot you with sniper rifles. And... Uh, no, they just send out a team to like yeah take you away. Um, but with black bags and yeah. But yeah. Um, camping down here it sucks uh in <laughs> southern california um yeah up in washington camping would be like a very romantic thing uh what what i did and, and i talked about this on the the episode where we went camping together uh what i did a lot in my my younger years was i would just drive out into the woods until i couldn't drive anymore and then i would disembark from my vehicle and like walk a couple of miles out in the woods and camp alone um i that's gonna I, be romantic for some people but yes, probably not i, I not didn't most. ever do that with with somebody that i was romantically involved with but i could see how so go on could, a hike yeah go on a hike, on a hike. um, um experience I, uh, nature uh, do something outside of the confines of your home i uh, and i on on the other end i mean uh i guess yeah, Netflix and chill isn't romantic anymore. Uh, it used to be it used to be nice to watch never, a movie with a lady. It was romantic. It was um, always a, a bang. Uh, right? No, I know. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but I mean, I I like to cook for partners. I mean, that's my big thing. Uh, and you can cook some pretty nice stuff for not much money if you know what you're doing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm also so that's a, a good one. Cooker. That's true. Um, see, he's an acts of service guy, isn't it sweet? He's an acts of service guy um and then i don't know just i don't know be a person with a person that's <laughs> be, be all i person. generally need nice. yeah if they like you then they'll like being around you I don't know. all right well that's uh that's that the last question for you? i have on my end um i have one more here all right, go ahead. and it's uh they're angry because i didn't answer this question before because I, I, they sent it to me in dms gotcha um and it, it's like uh, it's it's shorter than average, uh, but it's like way wider, like it's okay. a button. 
Uh, no, the question is, uh, <laughs> are memes poems you never answered before? Pleading eyes, huffy, uh, draw out the nose eyes. Um, and uh, no, yes, no. I mean, poems are poems and memes are memes. Yeah, and sometimes no, memes uh, have poems in them. Um, I mean, I mean, but, uh, uh, what, what is a poem? Well, artful words, uh, right? Like. Yeah, it's it's aesthetically pleasing words that uh, generally uh, say multiple things in a small space. Yeah. Um, so yeah, sometimes so yes, they can be poetic. No. Yeah, sometimes yes, sometimes no. Um, I I would say that uh, uh, yeah, I I mean it's it's like the the Roko's Basilisk question we got, but I would I would say I guess um, that. So the thing that makes poems valuable in my mind is that they are such a um, uh, such a, a kind of expenditure where it's 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 something that exists at the limits of an understanding of something if it's a good poem uh, because anything else is like R M Drake or Ruby Carr kind of like <laughs> she was a free bird because she was a free bird. <laughs> or whatever and it's like oh you said an obvious thing how great uh and i yeah but uh poems are good when they say something that you can't express otherwise uh and memes sometimes kind of function that way but they actually more often work on the opposite where they they have a discrete kind of statement or template or set of ideas uh that you put out there uh and sometimes memes can be like working with something of ineffability and they're like chaos and stuff in which case they're closer but i think that they're they have overlap, but they're also at the same time uh, kind of polar opposites. Yep. The same kind of like uh, the the, the memes, same spectrum of mimesis. Yeah, me- memes are are really kind of like a an emerging art form. Yeah, and, and I think trying to attribute it to older structures of art form, like art That's forms emerge yeah. necessarily as as like a response to like um a discordant feeling towards whatever the establishment is i i think and, sure yeah often yeah and and so like you know you you have paintings and and poems and and you know all these things evolve and and change based on challenging the structures that they normally exist under um, right right and i think which memes are just like and not to give like too much credit to memes, but I think memes are just like another uh, iteration of that that kind of response. Yeah, no, I agree. And and uh, I guess two two quick little things, and I guess we can we can pack up because that's everything. But uh, would be uh, that number one, if you are genuinely interested in what I think is, uh, I hate to say this because I make a lot of them, and people ask me about this a lot. But what is uh, ultimately a pretty boring subject to me uh, of memes and philosophy. Uh, uh, but if you're interested in that kind of thing, there is, there's a recording of a panel that I was on with foreign object that's with a K, uh, foreign object, um, which you can find, just Google it on memes and philosophy, which was very fun to do. Uh, and hopefully I'll be on another one of their panels in the future. Um, they're also great. They have like, they had Ray Brazzer and stuff on there, uh, all sorts of cool people. I Ray Ray's, he's, he's an asshole, but he's interesting. Um. <laughs> But uh, so that's the first one. And then the second would be that it's uh, uh, because of that challenging of previous structures and because of the fact that, you know, memes are new, 
Um, it's, it's interesting, if not important, to understand or to consider that uh, um, if, if Homer uh, were to, well, you wouldn't see it because he was blind, but if he were to, to hear like modern day poetry, you know, it was like written down on a piece of paper, like if he saw even like, I don't know, T.S. Eliot or something, uh, it would be unrecognizable to him as poetry but, yeah. but 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 that tsla can still look back at homer and recognize that as poetry or you uh like and, and you could uh, you could apply this to, to any kind or, of art form you know yeah you know the, like pollock versus uh versus like uh, uh michelangelo or something yeah, right absolutely um, yeah and, and uh and so Pollock's work to michelangelo you'd be like what the fuck is this shit this is just bird shit on a canvas sort of stuff which to be fair sometimes it was yeah sometimes (laughs) just not that's why i brought that up (laughs) Um, it was a good job sorry uh but uh but so it's difficult to look uh forward into something that's still developing and say which kind of uh uh art that it falls under uh if it does fall under one but uh eventually we'll be able to look at some things and say what they uh what we can slot them into into the past because this is all process and it's all largely arbitrary. Uh, yeah, Damn, I think that's it. For real. Yeah, for real. All right. Anyway, well, remember that Mike's love language is acts of service and I'm a words of affirmation guy. So if you want to send us a DM, I'll tell you that you're a nice boy and you were very pretty today. Please love me. Don't love me. Uh, well, um, I guess this is our sign off. So uh, please take your medicine. Please take mine too. Yeah, buddy.